Good evening. Welcome to the Borgo Pass Horror Podcast. Enter freely and of your own will. In this episode, you may find many strange things, for the films to be discussed are old, and they have many memories. So, be there. Be there. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Borgo Pass Horror Podcast. This is your host, Jim Towns, welcoming you back. Uh, we have a very special guest today. We have Mr. David Allman. He's a filmmaker, a musician, and a podcaster, and he's here to join us to talk about 1932's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Hey, David. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on for one of our non-universal studios uh, uh, classic uh, episodes here. So th- it's always exciting when we kind of uh, uh, go go off the back lot so to yeah. speak. Head off the Borgo Pass a little. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And um, and uh, talk about, you know, something that, that is it's a little more outside my realm. You know, I'm familiar with this film, and I saw it when I was younger, of course, and I obviously just recently rewatched it and made some notes and looked up some information. But, you know, what I find it's, it's interesting with the non-universal ones is I'm not as familiar with the the cast, with the with the ensemble, right? Because Universal always had this ensemble that repeated in episodes and this guy was in this film and mm-hmm. this guy from Bride of Frankenstein was in, it ends up in Horror Island and whatever, what yeah. have you. Um, John Carradine ends up in everything, you know? <laughs> um, uh, so it's funny that the, you know, the cast of characters changes both beh- behind and in front of the camera. Um, uh, we, we've been talking about bringing you on for, for a little while now. And, you know, in that discussion, there was a couple issues of, uh, you know, what or questions like, you know, what kind of thing would you like to tackle? And and this was one of your, your main ones you, you, you suggested that you'd like to chat about. What, what's your backstory with this film? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm especially fond of it, uh, because when I was first getting into these films in the, in the late eighties, when I was around like nine years old or so, my first experience with them was actually, uh, the Crestwood House uh, movie books that come up a lot, those, right. those kids' books. And so there, there's one called Mad Scientists, uh, one title called that, and then the, one of the main stories in it is a uh, sort of short adaptation of this particular film version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, complete with like all the photos and stuff and direct oh, cool. quotes and everything. And so I was so taken with that that... In 1988, my we got a or 87, we got a VHS camera in the house, and I took to like reenacting these old monster movies with my my dad or mom filming me as I just sort of went through the narratives as best I recalled, and like you know stuffing pillows <laughs> and my brothers, we'd wear like karate yeah. pajamas for suits and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I, well, we, you posted one of yours for yes, for Frankenstein, right? Yes, yes, I just did. recently on on your Instagram, I, I I saw it, and Livia and I both both applauded it. It was it was excellent. Oh, that's very kind of yeah. I think I did a one minute distillation, and I think that's probably the best way was the way to see it. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a, a freestyle interpretation <laughs> yes. based on the content. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so I did one of these. A Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde was like the second. I did two versions of Frankenstein and Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I try to improve upon the one that I did a few mm-hmm. months later. But the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde that I did the first time, I did just based on this Crestwood adaptation. So I don't think I really saw this particular film version that we're going to discuss today until maybe the mid to late nineties. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the DVD that I have came out in like 2004 with all the 
like 14 minutes of restoration. And um, yeah, right. and so I'm just especially, it's so good and so, it's got such a presence of like actual danger to it that it, that came through in the photographs to yeah. me as a kid. So I was just yeah. captivated yeah. by it from a young age. That's, you're so right on. I think, you know, it's so easy for, because the the, the story by Robert Louis Stevenson, it's it's one of the classic monster stories. Yeah. And, and you see it, I mean, it's, while while it, it, it was never owned technically by, or had the rights by, by uh, Universal, um, and Universal never really, ta- I mean, the closest, Universal came to a, jo- a Jekyll and Hyde thing is the Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. <laughs> Hyde, which which by the way we we did last year and you guys should check out that episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. one. Um, uh, so so it was always the domain of other uh, studios. Uh, so it's 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 like the main classic monster of the of the archetype, right? The the hierarchy, right? The mm-hmm. our 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 pantheon of of classic monsters uh, uh, that that existed to the left a little bit of. Creature from Black Lagoon, Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, yeah. Um, uh, so, so, but, but having what, I, what I'm trying to get back to is, is it's always easy to portray be, because of that status. It's easy to portray Hyde as a monster, mm. yeah, and and to make him so repulsive or so deformed or so uh, cruel or, or 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 even I don't want to say super powered, but almost like inhuman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that. That's its own kind kind of horror, but this one does. Um, uh, Frederick March's iteration as him, and we'll obviously get into this more and more as we go through the film. Is it's so he's just a he's just a brute of a man. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very human version of of Mister Hyde. It's really it's really great, and it's probably I I would argue it's one of the best. It's oh, really yeah, yeah. you know. And great actors have taken this this role on, you know, uh, John Barrymore and Spencer Tracy and everybody, but you yeah. know, Jack Palance, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, John Malkovich, yeah. Palance did one, right? Yep, uh, he did. A Malkovich TV one, did yeah. one. That's right for Mary, Mary Riley, yeah. and uh, I can't remember the name of uh, the uh, the English actor who did it in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, I don't know if I ever saw that. Where Hyde, where Hyde's like, oh, it's okay. I, I, pre- caveat. I love that version of of Mr. Hyde. He, he's it's like the Hulk. He's he's eighteen feet tall. <laughs> oh wow! And he's a monster and stuff. But it, it's honestly fantastic. It's it's such a be- it's such a great idea. It's a superhero again talking like it's a superhero version of that that character. But um, the actor who plays him, who I'll I'll remember his name at some point, uh, does does it extraordinarily well and does this haunted Doctor Jekyll uh, kind of character as well. So anyway, wonderful wonderful stuff. Um. Okay, so here we go, guys. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, actually shot and technically released in 1931, right? It was it was like yeah, I think it, December 31st. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was the official release date, but obviously most, you know, 99.9% of people when it came out saw it in 1932. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to say 1932. You can say 1931. It's okay. 1932 is great because it that makes it the 90th anniversary of the film. Oh, really I like that really appeals to me because I've always loved that it's 31 because it just gets under the wire of Dracula, Frankenstein, and Dr. Jekyll, yeah, Mr. Hyde. But it, it's that year, yeah. Today, but I'm, I'm a big fan of 1932, man. You get you get Island of Lost Souls, this, yeah. you know, you get some really, Mummy, you get some great films in 1932. Yes, so sir. We've had some fun rediscussing uh, those ones that have an anniversary. Um, uh, in case anybody's not 
is totally familiar with the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which you should be, and you should read the Robert Louis Stevenson novella. Uh, it, it is a novella. It's a very short story. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, you know, a huge book, but it's 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 an interesting, uh, sort as the source material, it's, it's an interesting read. Yeah. Um, the, the original title being The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde came out in 1886, uh, and it's the story of Dr. Henry Jekyll, who's a, who's a doctor and a scientist, who's questioned to understand the darker side of humanity. Uh, Dr. Jekyll, unwittingly, in, in during his experiments, he unleashes that evil within himself, and he becomes this bifurcated person where sometimes he's the one, sometimes he's the other. This change starts off being in control, where he he has to he create a, mi- a mixture of potions and you know the chemicals to to enact the change, but eventually Hyde takes over and he starts changing into Hyde without meaning to, and that's where the, you know, the everything starts going haywire for <laughs> for Doctor Jekyll. Um, uh, it was again, yeah, like I said, it, w- it was originally done in as a silent film with John Barrymore. I don't know what year that was, nineteen twenty, and and I guess there's a nineteen oh eight version as well that i've never oh, seen. really oh yeah i learned i was, I was rereading i have a scanned version of that crestwood house uh book and it oh, cool. and it mentions it because it's kind of it takes the this like mantle of b- being supposedly the first recorded american horror film in 1908 uh, and and i also uh i'll probably reference information here and there that i got from greg well friend of the show borgo passenger <laughs> extraordinary gregory yes. mank uh his he's got a beautiful commentary for this film and it's chock full of great information and he mentioned something uh, on that that i've always i just hope we can someday see which is that fw murnau did a version of this an unauthorized one like of nosferatu are you kidding that as, as, as he had wanted to do yeah, as, as he, yeah and this one was successfully <laughs> as, destroyed such that it no longer exists oh really but it, it starred conrad veit as the in the title role. Oh, wow. And someone else of note, and as like a very small role, uh, Bella Lugosi. And so... That's wouldn't it be amazing oh, to find that? Imagine? I mean, I mean, they thought Nosferatu was destroyed too, yeah. and they found they found it. So you never know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor, poor after now. Always, always better at asking, uh, asking forgiveness <laughs> rather than permission, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, brother. Oh, OFW. Oh, Friedrich. <laughs> um, if only. Uh, um, so. Uh, this uh, this version of that we're talking about that is the Frederick March 1932 version uh, produced by Paramount, uh, directed, written, uh, produced and directed by Robert Mamoulian uh, for Adolf Zucker, who was their their Charles Lemley, basically <laughs> for um, at, uh, at over at, over at Paramount, which is over in Universal is over in the Valley. Paramount is over the hill in Hollywood proper, mm. um, and Paramount was a pres- pretty prestige studio at the time. So this th- them doing this, I mean, this is obviously. Ma- the making of this film is obviously a response to the success of Dracula and Frankenstein. This yeah. is this is obviously Paramount going, hey, we could we could have a little of that, mm-hmm. and and then finding their own source material that's within their ability to get you know to to reference some because I, we've I've said this in other episodes. I I think the thinking was that horror horror, which didn't even technically have a a classification, these weren't usually called horror movies at the time. I don't know when horror as a Air, air quotes horror right. became a, kind of a, a generally used phrase with for the genre in in film, but um, but the idea was that the I think these these films would get 
taken more seriously if they were based on some very, you know, established, even celebrated literary work. Mm -hmm. And Robert Louis Stevenson, who also wrote Treasure Island and many other, you know, quite well-known works um, during his career, this is his, you could argue Treasure Island and some of his other works have very horror elements in them. There's cannibals, there's all sorts of, you know, uh, things, but um, uh, but this is his true horror story, we could say. So it's it's a smart move on their part. Oh yeah, yeah. And the uh, I can't remember what they used to call them instead of horror movies, but notably, there's a great line with that word in this uh, film where Hyde says to Ivy, which I'm sure we'll get to the point in the movie that this happens much later. But he says like basically, if you do X, Y, or Z that I don't like. I'll show you what horror really means. <laughs> and it's just yes. chilling. Right. And uh yeah. I nails it. Yeah. yeah, no. Beautiful. Um this again, so something that I was just getting ready to do the episode, I, it occurred to me and I, I had to sit down and do some math because I'm not the strongest at, at math. Um this film comes out in nineteen thirty two, only it, it comes out or technically thirty one, it comes out only forty five years after the book was was published. Yeah, it's not long. So right? twice Twice the amount of time has passed between this film being made and now as passed between the actual source material yeah, and, that's and, and, the, and this film being made. And, and like you said, it already been made two, possibly more times. Yeah. Um, Tons of before, stage before this, adaptations, so. as was the case back yes. then. You know, Frankenstein, my, yeah. Frankenstein's my absolute favorite book. And uh, that 31 film is uh, right up mm-hmm. there. But anyway, I, so I know that that was being adapted to the stage while Mary Shelley was still alive, you know, like in... I think necessitated the second mm-hmm. printing of that book and stuff. And, and one, yeah. one bit of trivia that I found out was that, uh, uh, I think Edgar Norton. Yeah. Who we know, I know best as Benson man from, uh, from son of yes. Frankenstein who plays, always plays the Butler. He played that role on the stage, uh, in I think 1898. So I can't remember when you said the book came out, but like within like 10 or so years of the book coming out, yeah. one of the people in this film yeah. was already portraying it on saying this originating the role <laughs> on stage. And so as, as the Butler and, yeah. and, and then, you know, Thirty years later, he's still playing the butler. I mean, he never gets the <laughs> promotion, but but he did he did play a very good butler. Norton Norton was very good at as being a butler. He's great as Benson in um in uh, in in Son of Frankenstein uh, for sure. Um, uh, the the uh, director of photography in the film is Carl Strauss, who who did Sunshine, which is mm-hmm. fairly celebrated early film. He uh he he uh, shot the Great Dictator. For oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, and of course, yeah. Island of so, Lost so. Souls, right? Uh, uh, is is that is he Island of Lost Souls? That would make sense. He would be right because it's it's almost the same year. Yeah, and he's Paramount. Yeah, um, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, the double check, uh, but I think that's so, true. Um, very agile camera. There's there's movement in the camera and and shots in this film that that you don't see much in this era. I mean, we're only a year away from or a couple years away from sound even being invented and 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 successfully you know synced to to uh to to film um it's it's incredibly impressive what he's able to do with with the camera while audio is happening because that was a real complicated thing that they were still trying to find out and it's what it's what made a lot of the very cinematic silent films suddenly get very static when sound uh when they introduce sound to it because it it locked it was very complicated to record good audio and it locked people into basically standing there and saying words yeah. to be recorded very, very, you know, to, to have a good recording of it. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's filmed 
off off the charts. Really, really good. Um, and this one is based on uh, 1887 stage adaption, which I think is the one you, you mentioned that. Oh, ah, uh, yeah, that's. Cool. Oh no, no, it would have the 1887. You're talking that's a later adaption, but that Benson would have been in. But uh, um, and but yeah, uh, I just looked and, into it, and, and it was ahead. Carl Strauss who who was the DP on Island of Lost Souls, and uh, Lost Souls yeah, I mean, the, I don't know if you're ready to get into the like sequence of the plot and stuff, but the. You know, it yeah. opens with that, because like, the thing about the, the mobile camera that we didn't see much at that time, uh, yes. you know, there's like a two minute scene, tracking shot type thing that even like it ends with them actually getting on board a, a horse driven carriage. Yeah. And, and it's all yeah. this subjective camera that at least uh, from what I've heard or, you know, what Greg Mink says in that commentary is that. Carl Strauss sort of invent or not well it I, it's credited more to the director Rupert Mamoulian the the subjective mm-hmm. photography where they're putting the audience in the position of uh the lead character and sort of seeing literally through his eyes the first time we see him is in a yeah. mirror which you know obviously is very intentional and uh but yeah and that happens throughout in this sort of intense like direct to camera uh perspective but that the movement in that first yeah. shot is like is shocking. <laughs> I mean, to see it, it, it's crazy, and there's 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 some cuts that they cleverly, you know, when he but but it is amazing. It goes from inside it. it so the film begins with Doctor Jekyll kind of getting ready to go out, um, and he goes through his process of of um, you know you know t- getting his getting his c- coat and cape or whatever, and getting having Benson, his man, help dress him, um, and yeah, and and. Literally going from indoors to outdoors, getting in a carriage, riding through a carriage through downtown London. Um, yeah, it's really it the, is the film set. The film set in London, right? Yeah, because I one of the, I think one of the first things he says in that lecture that he ends up in there is like yeah. London is so full of fog, you know, it's clouded our minds. Right, right. Which isn't the is the book not set in Edinburgh? Oh no! I th- well, that's a good film? question. Actually, I maybe, think maybe the book is set in London. At least one of the so the book is told. Not in this first person way, but rather like yes. I think the main character is Scottish and might be writing from Edinburgh about events that yes. happen in London. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about his friend Henry Jekyll, yeah. who this thing happened to. Yes, yes. So, um, yes, uh, we we see that that Henry is a is a peant, quite a good organist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we meet uh, uh, we meet we meet his uh, pool, who is the Edgar Norton character. It's his is butler best man whatever um uh it's time for him to go to the to lecture at this this university uh yeah and the whole thing shot with pov uh he does i loved i do love the moment where he comes and he gets to the mirror and it's yeah. i think the, the gag is there's no mirror there it's just a hole in the wall and they have frederick march come in and match the camera move and yeah. as you as Jekyll's POV are is looking at himself. Yeah, um, they have some sort of glass and we get uh, because that's something Greg yeah. point, Mank, I can't call him Greg. You can call him Greg. <laughs> Mr. Mank <laughs> points out <laughs> in the uh, commentary he mentions that you can if you look closely you can see like the crew in a reflection, but it's definitely not a mirror oh. because it, it is just like you say where right. Frederick marches on the other side and he says there's like a candle, yes. you know, like two candles to, to kind there's of There's two candles to, to make so. it look like the candles in a reflection. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Yeah, and, and they did it was smart they did put a little piece of glass in there so it does replicate this idea that 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 you are looking at, at a you know there's a there's a piece of material there. Yeah. yeah no it's so just it's, they it's, might uh, have done better do it, what you said and leave it open so there's no reflection yeah yeah 
I definitely just saw the little bit of the the crew guy reflection in the in the mirror and stuff <laughs> like that, which is that's awesome. I love it. I mean, hey, that's you know, um, it's a good transfer. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, and this goes on for a little while until he finally, you know, he rides his carriage, like we said, and gets to, um, he gets to St. Simon's College for his lecture. Um, so, so, J- and I'm going to keep saying Jekyll. Right. Just out <laughs> yeah. of, I've been Same. saying that, I've been saying his name that way for 45 years, and it's really going to be hard for me to, to, to switch over. Um, the correct pronunciation in this film does say Jekyll. Jekyll? Jekyll. Jekyll. See, I can't even say it. I know, it. me either. <laughs> um, uh, uh, says Jekyll. I just I just can't quite. I'll, I'll attempt it a little bit, but it's it's probably going to come out Jekyll most yeah, of the time. Same. Um, I actually worked at the Jekyll and Hyde pub in New York City, Whoa. Uh, which is a famous... Uh, there's a club and then a pub in, in uh, West Hollywood, uh, where West Village, rather. And... Um, uh, it's it was cool. It was all horror themed, and they would play horror songs. And oh, there's wow. skeletons everywhere and stuff, and there was a bar and everything. It was it was fantastic. That sounds yeah, they, the same guy owned this, owned a couple places. He owned a bar called the Slaughtered Land, oh, which is God. based on the American Wolf yeah. in London. And this one, yeah, it was it was it was it was a cool. It was a busy place, and it you know lots of lots of New Yorkers, um, <laughs> but it was fun. That's great. Uh, uh, so Jekyll, is, yeah, he's, he's going to be lecturing. He's got a lot of. The, it's what I like about this the 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 guests at the lecture right um there's the front row is all old dudes yeah. <laughs> and and to them Jekyll is this kind of upstart radical mm-hmm. almost uh kind of unpredictable they're not really you know whatever but behind them is all these younger uh, uh, young doctors who are here to lecture, and Jekyll has kind of like a cult status with these guys. Yeah. I, they because just Jekyll, while older and established, is still kind of like rebellious, and and he's kind of these guys is like I don't want to say like he's kind of like the punk rock doctor, but like that's that's their yeah. thing. Like they he's like a little they rock like star-ish. that he's challenging. Yeah, yeah, they, he's challenging all these you know established theories and things yeah there's a little it's not a cameo at the time but you know horror fans now will look back and the, there's a guy that bows to him one of the students uh, bows sort of like a hello but now you're it is a little bit of a genuflect i think on the count you know those younger yeah. students but he uh i can't remember the actor's name but he plays percy shelley in bride of frankenstein in that opening prologue uh, oh, oh! It's the guy who plays. Okay, not Byron. Not okay, Byron. Who yeah, who's Percy. like in oh, Wax. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But no, the the blonde guy uh, at the beginning, and he's in the audience there. And so that was just a little bit of oh, that's a little neat. tidbit that Pops I always up. think about yeah, now when I see go. him. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, uh, oh yeah, because because he would have been in. Yeah. Okay, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Um, uh. uh so Jekyll's theory is that the human psyche is split in two. Uh good, bad, noble, animalistic. Um there's this as, as I said, this bifurcation of of the human, you know, mind. And that if if we can split those two things apart, then maybe we can make people side towards just the one side right the 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 good side the benevolent side uh the side that doesn't start wars and doesn't commit murders and doesn't do these things um somehow leaving behind this other side that is jealous and be you know murderous violent (laughs) what have you um that's it that's his idea uh 
and I don't think he means like a, a literal bifurcate, like you have right brain, left brain, like mm-hmm. we understand now, like the one, the creative side and the analytical side of your brain and whatnot. Um, he just means these two kind of elements. Um, and he's experimenting on this as, as he says in the, in the lecture. Um, but I don't think, I think he's being a little, is he being a little cagey? Like he, he's further along in his, it, 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 he's taking his experiments further than he, he kind of gives. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and again, the, and the students walk out and they're, they're amazed by him. The old guys walk out and they're like, this guy's, he's so arrogant. He's so, you know, um, uh, you know, yeah, they, 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 he, he, it seems like he just keeps getting himself in trouble. And, and the, so, so David, talk about, let's talk about for a second, just March, March's version of, of Jekyll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he did it. Yeah. Um, Good for you. uh, uh, and, and cause we're talking about a, a certain time in history in, in, in England, uh, is this this is kind of late Victorian era then, um, where conformity and and properness, what have you, are are the most important traits of of a more of the nobility or of the of the of the upper class, you know, kind of culture, yeah. propriety, um, restraint, Jekyll, <laughs> Re- repression, right. no, and, 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 yeah, ex- exactly all these things. Yes, exactly, and and I I feel like this. That's where this film gets the subtext of Robert Louis Stevenson's story better than many other versions is that Jekyll's, yeah, he's benevolent. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, he, and, and we'll see in the next scene, he goes and instead of going to like fancy parties and stuff like that, he, he goes to the poor houses and helps poor, poor kids and people, uh, helps, you know, fix their ailments. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very altruistic like that. But he does have this rebellious nature. He does have this, uh, non-conformist kind of thing where he he doesn't value conformity and properness and those things it as more important than than real life doing good stuff. Yeah, um, and that makes him he's a bit of an outsider already before before the the Hyde thing even starts. Yeah, that's interesting. I, you know, when as you're saying that, I hadn't really considered it, but it, I think they they set him up well to have to like have hints of the good and that sort of tug yes. between the sort of earthiness and the because like in in the scene where he goes to the, to the poorhouse or like you know doing uh, medical treatments for free like he he essentially mm-hmm. like there's that little girl that he I don't know he what he does for her seems to just talk to her and then he's like okay Mary walk and she's like right. walks in religious like type ecstasy he's almost like deified yeah. there after we just saw him as this rock star and it isn't until exactly. like we we get to know him as the uh, as the fiance of this like high society uh, character. Um, what is her name? Uh, Mur- Muriel Carew. Muriel Carew. Whose father yeah. was one of those you know old men in the audience, like with his arms crossed and huffing him, yes. you know, <laughs> under his breath about this exactly. uh, young radical. But he wants to get. They want to get married, but he he does not want to wait. And the the sense that I get from it is that the the subtext that I'm pulling out of it is that they're anxious to get married so that they can move beyond whatever, uh, physically acceptable relationship can be had by these high society folks. And, uh, 
yes he's pretty impatient about that and uh, <laughs> and yeah. yeah and 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 i think that that's really a lot of what propels him into uh, and and that's what propels him into into the experimentation but that's also that's his we'll just call it his frustrated sexuality is really what comes out in Hyde. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, this thing. Yeah. The, in, in this era of where premarital sex is not a thing among, among, uh, how do I say this? Uh, gentlemen and ladies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and this is a, this is another thing where this, this film really, uh, really nails this idea of like there. There are two classes of people in London at this time. There is the upper class and there is the lower class, and the the two do not mix, even to the point where the upper class people don't don't usually take care of lower class people as patients. Even like they're just left to I don't know they're left to go die or they're left to like have have bad doctors or something. You know, um, uh, there there are people that are saying that Henry Jekyll is wasting his time taking care of poor people. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's just a waste. Like why like why <laughs> right, right? So so I mean that that obviously helps from a more modern perspective. That that helps you really admire Henry Jekyll. Not not only that he does this and he does it for free. He doesn't charge them. He just does it out of the he takes his oath as a, as a doctor seriously, his Hippocratic oath and you know. But it also you respect him because he's a rebel. We like rebels. We don't, you know, every Every cop show we watch, the cop's always in trouble because he does he can't follow these rules. We don't we're not interested in characters that just someone tells them not to do something and they go, Okay, right. yeah. I won't then. Yeah. Like that's not we don't as a modern audience, we don't view that as heroic. So and even obviously in the thirties a little bit, um, which were still kind of conservative, but that was breaking down, I think. Um yeah, it, it's just they set the film sets up Jekyll really well as um it's too easy to just come down to like, oh, well, he's trying to, you know, better humanity and experiment and it went wrong. And that there's more to the story than that. That this it's and they set it up really well, like when you get to what happens happens, as an audience you go, Of course that happened to him. Of course he did that. Like this he he was he was gonna he was going this direction the whole time. He's you know, he's um he's got that perfect mixture of rebelliousness. He he believes he knows better. He believes, uh, so, so he's arrogant too. And, and that you can't fault him for that. You know, he's a talented doctor and he's, you know, he, he's obviously successful. He has a really nice house. Yeah, yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he comes from, you know, he, it's, it's, Jack, Jekyll is part of this, you know, upper class. So anyway, um, we'll be getting to more of this folks. Uh, so, uh, yes, Muriel is his fiance. Uh, she, her dad is, uh, did, he he has, I don't even have it written down. He's like he, they call him the Colonel or something, oh, right? right? And yeah, he's, yeah. And he... <laughs> he's 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 this guy who probably fought in India or whatever, and you know he's a veteran. He's he's obviously upper class. And, you know, he really believes in like the propriety of things and and things done in their in their um, nature and yeah. stuff. Um, and he wants them to wait to get married on his own sort of anniversary or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the anniversary of him and his 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 dead wife. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like he in in his own way, like he's making it kind of about himself, which is like all right, you know. But <laughs> but he says like, oh, your your mother and I waited, you know, a year and a half to get married or something. Like yeah. That. yeah. Mira's like, we'd rather not wait that long. <laughs> yeah, and Henry. Henry like definitely going. doesn't want to wait that long. <laughs> definitely doesn't want to wait that long. He's ready to There's go. There's this yeah, yeah, uh, he's ready line that I think it comes out later in the movie, but it sort of is relevant here too, where um, 
where Poole says to him, it's like, you know, London offers many amusements to a gentleman such as yourself. But then he he sort of shoots back. Yes. He's like, yeah, but a gentleman like me can't really take advantage of them, <laughs> you know? Yes, there's there's this idea. Yeah, and we, we he runs smack dab into that later yes, on. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, Jekyll has a friend named Dr. Uh, Lanyon, uh, and he's playing played by Holmes Herbert. Um, and And I think Lanyon is... If the name isn't the same in the book, it, it's sort of this, they've amalgamated that character where this is that character we talked about. You mentioned David oh, yeah. uh, in the book who's, who's narrating the story and and Jekyll. Basically, what happens is is people have been murdered and Jekyll shows up at at uh, Lanyon's door in in the book um, and confesses to him what what all what's all happened and he kind of relates the story so it's told in in that kind of like like you said like second person yeah and it's presented kind of like um, a mystery uh because you're you're hearing yeah. about until the very last like third of the story and then it's like some long letter confessional letter from jekyll yes. but it it's also it's like it there's a few notable differences other than the way that it's organized. I mean, it's, you know, the film, this film in particular has that very subjective point of view where the director is looking to put us, the audience into the lead characters uh, place so much that like, well, I don't want to say, I'll save that till later, but like in the, in the book, it's all this kind of like talking around or about these little glimpses of some of the vignettes and there there's like the incident at the, some of the chapter titles are like the incident at the window or something like that. Yes. Right. Right. But we find out when we do get to Henry Jekyll's, uh, I can't Jekyll. (laughs) When we get to Jekyll's Uh, uh, account of his own like feelings and all of that, he, he sort of lays out that he was doing this, not so much to amplify the good and maybe satiate and thus sort of, sort of satisfy and quell the bad for lack of a better term, but rather he Mm. was doing this so that he could indulge in these things that he wasn't allowed to do. There was no sort of altruistic component to it that they play up in this film. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was notable and, and And more and more later. And not not as sympathetic, like here they really, they build him up as this kind of, good person who wants to even be better who can't seem to be everywhere yes. he wants to be and and be everything to everyone and he has these impulses and urges that as he says like they shouldn't be he's like he tells i think lanyon as they get into that sort of seedy part of town he's like you know do you pretend you don't have the he's like we only control our actions not our impulses and so don't pretend that you don't have right. them uh either or that you don't think about it i saw you you know, looking at Ivy. <laughs> yeah, he's saying he's saying to, Lan- to Lanyon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, they have great chemistry. Mar- March and Hobart have good. Uh, they they have good scenes together where you know Hobart, uh, or I should say, Lanyon is Lanyon is this completely stiffly moral character, and he he he. You get the idea. He's not as successful or renowned a, a, a doctor as as Jekyll ha- is. Um, is maybe probably not as successful. So he kind of, you get, and, and also there, there's a kind of a subtext that he, I think he has kind of a thing for Muriel. He, oh. he immediately goes to the party and dances with her. And oh, so, so yeah. I think he envies everything Jekyll has. And then he, but he sees Jekyll not only maybe into his eye, not appreciating it, but also sort of being willing to toss it aside or risk it or, or, you know, compromise yeah. it. And he just goes like, "What are you doing? Like you, you know, he's. It's like your buddy saying like, "No, no, no, you, you, you have it really good. Don't, 
mess this up. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you, you don't know how lucky. He's you a little are, bit I like the, yeah, it's, it's the well, I guess they call him Victor, well, he's jealous the Victor too. character in the, in the you know in the Frankenstein film, right? Uh, right where it's right, like he's right. and so the audience in some ways, at least in that film, I guess the idea is that they would almost root for the the ingenue or whatever the female lead to want to be with a more quote unquote normal and safe person. Uh, to where here, yes, yeah. I don't think we're necessarily uh, wanting her, uh, Ro- no. Mario Carew, to be with uh, Lanyon, but we are a little worried for right. her to be with J- Jekyll <laughs> because of uh, what we're learning. Yeah, exactly. About and Lanyon, you know, is isn't macking on her as much as Victor is in in Frankenstein. In, in Frankenstein, Victor's full yeah. on like <laughs> trying to steal Elizabeth away from 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 Henry, but you know. Um, that's another i have a note here i mean that's another interesting difference between this and you know what i think this film is very similar to if you want to compare it to a universal film would be werewolf yes, in london yes and werewolf in london was it was universal sort of taking the werewolf thing but also doing jekyll and hyde kind yeah. of i mean werewolf of london is very much jekyll and hyde and we we uh discussed that in one of our episodes last year you guys should check it out <laughs> um uh but the difference between march's character and the henry hall character there um, Henry Jekyll is absolutely totally into Muriel, though. Like, like it's not like there's a there's a conflict between his work and his love. Life. Yeah, not he's, in any real way. He's absolutely devoted yeah. to both. Yeah. Just a matter of time yeah. and hours in the day and poor people to save and <laughs> it, it, soul it, exa- exactly. So Muriel tends to get she does tend to get ignored by him, but she her affection for him never wavers and never changes, and you know. Um, so, so J- Jekyll finally does make it to this party after he's been tending the the sick people. Um, he and he he and Muriel get out into the garden, and we have a great scene where they're sitting there talking, and it goes to these, uh, it goes back to the POV thing from the beginning of the film, and they're staring at each other, and we get really tight and close yeah. into the. It's just their eyes staring at each other, and their faces are like an inch apart, and you're like, oh, okay, it's. You could just see that, you know, and they start kissing, and there's the passion between these yeah. two, which of course is interrupted by. <laughs> Landon, yeah, <laughs> I think Landon, who's the like, servant guy, or yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like when their faces Land- are so oh. close together, it's to fit in the frame too. But they almost have they got this oh, yeah. beautiful profile such that it looks like you know mm. those friendship bracelets that are like a heart broken into not bracelets but right. necklaces. They're just it's yeah. so like the filmmaking the is yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's so formal and and satisfying. Yeah. It's like real sort of muscular, you know, <laughs> like uh, movie making. It it it, it, it is it's. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's agile, man. Um, uh, but you know, the, there's this thing where you know, the, the her father is worried about him. I mean, he's successful and he's intelligent. And he's obviously, you know, he likes him as a guy, but is he the right suitor for for um for for this guy's only daughter? Yeah. Right? Is he good yeah. enough? Is he gonna? Is he going to um uh uh, uh make her his priority yeah and there's a sense i think Um, that he thinks he'll be he does push things too far in his extreme views and might just not be uh suitable in that way like he's not proper enough like he's kind of on this yeah yeah trajectory so so yeah so it shows how conservative this culture is that that henry who's very he is very conservative (laughs) he's viewed as a radical i mean it's not like he's he's showing up like whatever so so what's funny is that through the course of his experience, which you will get into in a bit here, he really does show them what a radical is. Like, oh, it's like you want to see, you want to see me upset this this little proper culture of yours 
I'm going to, I'll show you upset this, this little proper culture of yours, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, here we, here we go. Uh, I'll take, I'll take it to the point where, yeah, you won't believe it. Anyway, uh, he and Lanyon leave and, uh, they're walking home and they're talking. And this is that David, where you're talking, where, um, this, you know, this is, it's a pre-code film and there are moments in this that are definitely pre-code. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can see, but, um, but even, even for being pre-code, there are, th- there are places they can't go. And that's why the, the, the sexual subtext of the movie is, is kept as, as very much subtext It's never spoken. It's alluded to, but what they're basically having a conversation with is that Henry really wants <laughs> I know, <it's> so- <laughs> to, to get it on with, with Muriel and, and, and can't. And so he's frustrated and. And that's what, you know, there's this idea that there are other options. And at the time, there were. there were, Gentlemen would visit prostitutes and uh, uh, brothels and things. Uh, solicitation at this point in England was not illegal. Uh, it was, fr- it was, you know, it wasn't... It was frowned upon. It was frowned <laughs> yeah. upon. Right, right. But, but it was also this kind of uh, wink and nod accepted as part of what gentlemen did. Um men men would take fathers would take their young sons to places and let them experience their first uh intimacy <laughs> and be kind of taught and be kind of guided through by a, an older woman who had much more experience you know with the expectation that when that young man did get married that he would uh know how to navigate his wedding night <laughs> i'm i myself am trying to I be know, kind of it's so difficult to we, talk about <laughs> it, it is a it is a family friendly podcast yeah. so i i try to you know but but we we get what we're talking i, about. I wonder okay. how much of this stuff was like i well i don't wonder i do i know that that as as a preteen kid encountering this stuff that's a little bit of the appeal i think of like it was like just yeah. the right amount of something that i knew to be something was going right. on, but I didn't, I was too young to understand it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you're as a, as a young boy watching the movie, you're sort of in Henry Jekyll's place where you're like, I'm kind of frustrated too. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, 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 and we're using, you use the film and, and I know we, you, I used horror films were my kind of like, Oh, okay. Here's how this works. Here's what, here's what this, I, I learned a lot from movies. Yeah. I think <laughs> Ivy's, just... uh, you know, garter strip tease was one of the first things of that sort I ever saw. You know, so it left an impression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is still. We'll get to it in a second. It's still potent. It's interesting. It's a very interesting uh, to see something like that from this era. So uh, Henry and Lanyon uh, run into this uh, this incident in the in the in the kind of slummy area they're walking through on the way home from the party, um, where uh, a woman of the night named Ivy Peterson, she's a, she's a prostitute is, I, I, I think it's like a, a John. It's like one of her clients, right. That's like roughing her up and they're having like a little argument or something. And he shoves her down. Yeah. And stuff. I, I used to think it was her pimp, but I think it's a, I think it's a, one of her customers. Yeah. And there's, actually. there's a lot um, because there's a lot of like, you know, censorship, censorship challenges that this film had and so i guess one of yes. the the initial line that is trimmed is was uh 
you know, they're talking about the person that she was having the altercation with. And they just said one of Ivy's customers, I think, was the lion and it just gets trimmed and what was uh. filmed to one of Ivy's. But there's a lot of things like that where they, oh. they're they trying to yeah, like yeah, cut yeah. corners here and there, yet the message still comes through. And it's, and sometimes, you know, maybe it's a little worse, <laughs> uh, but it's never lost. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. that like Charles Lawton thing. They can't take away the gleam in his eye. Like all those things that, come it, through. It, exactly. <laughs> but we, we talked about that with the... um uh, in the Frankenstein episode, where they where they cut out in the original release of the film, uh, when Frank when the monster is playing with the little yes. girl yeah. by the lake, and he throws it in the lake, they cut out him throwing it in the lake, and what they were left with is just this moment where you see the monster like slowly reaching for the girl and smiling, and you're like, that comes off even worse. Like that's yeah, like knowing that she he just throws her in the lake, you're just like, okay, that makes sense. There's the misunderstanding. That's what happens, stuff like that. Just seeing him reach for a young girl is like. The implications of that are actually more, yeah. Especially what they cut to, than, than you know, her father with. carrying her dead yeah. body in all manner of right. distress. Right, exactly. It's horrible. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, so, so Henry intercedes in this incident and kind of smacks the dude, and this dude's not going to fight him back because, again, Henry's a gentleman, and lower class people don't strike gentlemen. This is just the way this goes um, he's literally got his hat and cape uh, on so he's got like a superhero vibe i it seems like because he like leaps yeah, into yeah. action and yeah, like exactly. punches the guy he almost right. jumps and punches him like right. that superhero thing nowadays <laughs> no no exactly maybe the, maybe the guy's like holy crap it's jack the Ripper. yeah, yeah. Um, i think that was a consideration at the time this, and i think there have been movies that have kind of like blurred the line between because this these two things are happening uh jack the ripper's about 10 years after uh He's 1897, I think, yeah. which is about 10 years after the novel takes place. But um, I think there have been like iterations where there's this implication that that Dr. Jekyll turns into Mr. Hyde and commits the, the Ripper murders and stuff. Oh, I think there have yeah. been like some films and, and or shows or something that have like, kind of like blurred the line between those two, the, the fictional thing in the real life. What, history, and I guess but, there was um, a thing where, because we we're talking about that stage adaptation that has the same butler. Um, and the yeah. I guess there's a... Because of the timeline that you just mentioned, they closed that stage production at a certain point with, I think, the press saying that they had horrors enough in London at that time. Like, it literally affected oh, like, the, the exhibition of the uh, right. of the art, of the play. Of the yeah. play. That's, that is really wild, because it, it is about a guy in a cape who runs around <laughs> causing, a lot of, causing a lot of mayhem and, and possibly some killing. Um, uh uh, Ivy's played by Mir- an actress named Mariana Hopkins, uh, and who's this lovely blonde. Um, uh, Henry carries Ivy up to her room or her flat, um, and she's complaining that she's she's hurt, and he's saying that no, you're you're absolutely fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with you. That you know she and she's making him feel her legs and and uh, you know, um, and and then there's this moment where she wants to. Uh, she wants him to examine her and she, yeah, she starts taking off her, her sh- stockings and yeah. clothes and, and basically strips naked and gets into the bed. I think she smooches um, him at one point too, in this, like just out of nowhere. And he's like, ah, yeah. okay, all right. <laughs> we'll just, we'll call that my payment. Yeah, ha, ha, yeah. <laughs> That's all fun. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, as she, she's making Henry kind of look away and, and stuff. And she's being very coy and stuff like that, but she, she is actively attempting to seduce Henry. Um, and in the moment where she grabs him and, and makes him kiss her, uh, of course, Lanyon <laughs> walks in and sees, yeah. sees what's happening. Um, Henry doesn't, I mean, Henry doesn't take her seriously. Henry's not, you know, um, I don't think Henry's 
uh, how do I say it? I don't um, think he seriously entertains he's taking actually, her up on what she's offering. That's the sense. No, no, no. He, no, he doesn't. But, but what she, her, her attempt at seducing him, it does spark this conversation with Lane, and 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 he's he's able to admit, of course, I'm tempted. I mean, you know, I'm a man, and look at her, and you know, there's you know whatever. But he's what he's sort of saying is that. But because I have control of myself and because I and I'm dedicated to to my fiance, of course I'm not going to take her up on that. Yeah. But but the, to him, this just uh solidifies his theory that that he as as uh, whatever the the way he views himself, he can do this, but not everyone can. Um and as they just witnessed, this guy was trying to beat Ivy up. So it's the combination of, of like we were saying, of uh, his theories about good and evil, and being able to split the, those two things and and favor one over the other. On the one side, and then, but also his acknowledgement that that the rules of society prevent you from doing things that are just not maybe morally bad. It's just we've decided they are. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, that that I think is what pushes him to to do this experiment and to to experiment on himself, which is not a medically <laughs> sound thing to do, but which 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 in classic horror doctors are constantly doing. I mean, they constantly experiment on themselves, and that's just not obviously how medicine is. Done. <laughs> yeah. Because the idea is, you, when you make an experiment, you have to observe the experiment, and if you're if you yourself are the experiment, it, it, you're not in a position to to you know from a detached point. Yeah. <laughs> view it scientifically that's a great i had never thought of it like that yeah because he's he does everything yeah, in the argument yeah, of science here you know but uh but course, his methodology yeah, is science, uh, man. not sound <laughs> um uh so david Mar- march wasn't the first choice to play right jekyll yeah. no he? they wanted to get barrymore that's back what... but he didn't want to or something yeah. i can't remember why he didn't do it and then they were they were considering someone else but they viewed frederick march as a comedic actor who they didn't think he could That's handle right. this. And he did so, so well that he won the Academy Award for it. You know, that, which is, exactly. you don't get a lot of that in exactly. horror. It wouldn't happen again until Anthony Hopkins in 1991, was it? Or yeah, yeah. for Science yeah. of Lambs. He, he, he is the first actor to win an Academy Award for a horror performance. Yeah. If I, if I do, if I think right. Um, which I think the Academy Awards have only been going for like 12 or 14 years at that point. So, you know. That's yeah, this stigma um, hadn't taken hold yet. We, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he's great. I mean, he 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 definitely is the heavy. He's got the weight to carry this. Um, he's got great bone structure, so that they can build upon it uh, when they create when they do the the hide makeup. Um, as we saw in uh, in, you know, I always talk about how makeup. It's it's all about the the thing you build oh, the makeup yeah, on because yeah. you have to build um, out and, right yeah right right yeah 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 so you're you're gaining width and breadth and 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 depth in the face so if if you start with somebody who's got very pronounced features it's hard to build further on top of them I know they had problems in the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes uh, adaption uh, because they cast Tim Roth and apes have very small noses but large jaws mm. but tim roth notably has not the smallest nose in the world <laughs> so 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 rick baker's who did the makeup his challenge was how do i build build an ape face on top of 
of Tim Roth that allows him to to move, but but he's basically got this big schnoz. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, March's features are really good, and they're and they're able to to work with them when they they uh, create a side. Um, but because it's difficult, like like on our Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, or me, I'm sorry, I'm going to meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde episode. We talked about how um, uh, Eddie, I think it's Eddie Mars played Hyde as the stuntman mm-hmm. uh, often, often. And and they basically, by then, they they sort of molded a mask and just put him on it, put it on him. And and his face did not have the flexibility to, to really emote and make, a, a, do the subtle expressiveness that you need to do when you're if you want to play a monster that, you know, people can relate to and sympathize with even or whatever. Um, but, uh, but when we're, cause we're getting to the point here where we're about to see Hyde for the first time in this film. And by the way, we're, we're 25 minutes into a 95 minute film. We're, right. We're, we've got a full yeah. act <laughs> of the film with not, not seeing Hyde, which is, and you don't notice it. You're, you're very caught up in like, okay, you know, here's, here's the, you know, Here's the backstory, and we're we're yeah. figuring out. Something we're like really that. Um, getting invested uh, as the audience in this whole subjective thing of like we're yeah. on board because we know like what he wants. We know what he wants scientifically. We know what he wants romantically, and the two, you know, it's like we're yes. we're here with him, and uh, yeah. Right. So when he does take the plunge, it, it's it's uh, it, it's harrowing. I'm watching it right yeah. now, and it's still staggering to this day yeah. how they do this. It's 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 a great moment. The 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 set for the laboratory is really wonderful. It's it's incredible. They spent they spent some oh, money yeah. on this Had movie, man. This is um uh you know he he so his laboratory is a separate sort of side building from his house mansion whatever. Um, that you have to go to you have to go outside and and go through a catwalk and then down into this. Um, and there's beakers, labs, uh uh, uh or I should say beakers and bu- burners and a cauldron, and yeah, <laughs> always smoldering. Like, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Dude, yeah, yeah, and, and everything's books and stuff like that. I would say, if, uh, if anyone is familiar with Bernie Wrightson's that. Uh, yeah. uh, Frankenstein illustrations, this the amazing version of Frankenstein he did in the seventies. Um, I I'd say like like this looks a lot like it. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that because he does these immensely detailed illustrations of of uh, Victor's Victor Frankenstein's laboratory with all this all this chemical apparatus. Um, and and it looks a lot like yeah. this. So, so it's the density of all these things and stuff. It's incredible. Um, uh, Henry writes a little note to Muriel uh, as he's about to drink the potion. He kind of is about to drink the potion and then pauses. It's like maybe I should just you know do this just in case because he has no idea what's going to happen. It could he doesn't know if it's going to kill him or or whatever you know. Um, uh, so he you know he commits to it and and he does it and he goes to a mirror to, to, to drink it. And we have this first transformation, which, um, the, I've talked about this on the episode before this, this, this is the best example of this type of special effect is, um, it's done with lighting and with colored makeup. So to, if, if you, if you follow the show, you've, you've heard me talk about this type of gag before, but once more, um, uh, Frederick March is wearing, uh, makeup that is uh, red paint. It's like red uh, colored tinted makeup around his eyes, lips, cheekbones, uh, nostrils, things like that. Um, and he's being shot with, there's a red, because it's black and white, we can't see this. You can't do this effect anymore because yeah. we shoot in color. Um, uh, but he's being shot with a red light on his face. As the 
transformation goes on slowly what they're doing is they're 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 fading down that red light and they're bringing up a green light uh red and green are opposites on the color spectrum so while the red light the red makeup under the red light is invisible as the red light is replaced by the green light that red makeup on his face becomes black because of just the way our eyes perceive the 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 green light hits the red makeup and only bounces back bounces back and and our eyes read it as black i'll just i won't get too complicated with it but but that's how they do it and and so so there's no uh there's no uh prosthetic effects at first in in the first stages of this transformation it's just all it's just all basically paint and light and it's just it's so effective and and it's made as much more effective by march's performance as well i mean that's that's no small part of the the effect of, of the of the transformation yeah and it's like the the first you know you get the agony that he's going through and it, the yes. the 1920 version uh with john barrymore i think he does most of it without any makeup just through sort of his posture and uh and and kind of yeah. shaking himself around shaking his hair around and contorting his face and i guess all that was to that first part yeah, i was like it, to yeah. emulate i want to say richard mansfield was the actor that did this on stage and uh yeah oh, i think there's this like anecdote that would be told because th- there was doing it without makeup but there was a lighting effect and he said he could always tell mm-hmm. when the lighting effect worked like when the green it was a green light i believe hit his face so he's like if the spotlight was on that night the people like the you know the women in the audience would faint or scream and if it wasn't <laughs> then they <laughs> wouldn't and i would know like you know I'd modulate that's how they did that. yeah there you go there you go um uh, this is the and and this film did not originate this technique. It was used in the in uh, Cecil B. DeMille's original Ten Commandments um, when uh, uh, I think a leper is healed or something, yeah, or uh, uh, Moses heals a yeah. leper or something like that, and they used it to that effect to 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 in the reverse, basically having someone look awful and then having them look wonderful and uh, through one single shot on the camera. Um, and then, but but it was used on stage too. This was a, this as you just said, David. Like this was a stage technique that they're now appropriating for for film. And and it's just again, it's it's like most effects. It's like when it works, it really works. And if it doesn't quite work, you know, <laughs> you have you have middling yeah. results. It's also used in this incredible movie called Shh, The Octopus. Uh, you guys might have seen the meme of uh, or the little gif of there's a just look up old woman the octopus and there's the most insane transformation you've ever seen in one shot in this film that must have it was a totally no budget uh kind of rip off of uh abner costello type type oh. movie uh it's incredible Shh, the octopus <laughs> it's literally shh apostrophe or uh, exclamation point the octopus i'm not Very kidding cool. uh it's wonderful anyway i'll probably i'll share it on yeah, the page yeah. uh, at some point um uh um he, uh Jack Jekyll. Okay, that's our drinking name, guys. Every time I say it correctly or David says it correctly, that's when you have to do the oh, shot. Oh, yes. That's, that's our drinking game for tonight. You got to have something. I think you won't get too drunk because we're not going <laughs> to. You know, for your drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't get too drunk because we're not going to say it correctly that many times. Um, uh, and then we have the reveal of of uh, March as as Hyde. And he is. So he's obviously he's based quite a bit on kind of a Neanderthal. Yeah type of look and and what's interesting is that neanderthal uh they they based it on uh was you know it was the remains of of a of a early human that they dug up and they found that that human had 
like scoliosis or something really wrong with them. So it wasn't even like they based on a, on a <laughs> on like a good looking Neanderthal. <laughs> they based on a Neanderthal that had stuff wrong with them. So, but I think the idea behind that is that in turning into Hyde, Jekyll is do a shot, um, <laughs> uh, de-evolving, and de-evolving is a running subtext in a lot of films from this era um, that we've already covered. And we've, we've talked about a lot, this idea that, that because evolution is the theory of the, the Darwinian theory, um, it had been around for a while, but it, it, it had kind of really established itself in, in recent memory in, in Western culture around this time. So, it was on people's it was it was a new idea in people's minds and the i think there was this fascination with this idea of like well if if we evolved from lower beings to be us is there the possibility of us evolving devolving backwards back towards that is it does does the door swing both ways i guess is is the idea um so it's a it's a really great idea of uh in 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 giving over his good side and reverting to this darker, uh, uh, less, let's call it less human idea of, of a person in, in Mr. Hyde. Um, the physiological change that goes along with that is, is that he, he looks less evolved as a human being. Um, and, and the makeup's exceptional. Yeah. Wally Westmore, I think is the, the makeup mm-hmm. artist. And yeah, I, like he, he had said in, I think he wrote a book as well, but he talked about like the idea of being just as you said, this sort of devolved man, sort of Neanderthal, not so much like a monster as just a more primitive man. And I guess there's this yeah. idea in the trajectory of the movie and in the makeup that the the director Robert Mullion had was that he at the beginning he would be kind of ch- child childlike and less sort of malicious you know he, he, those those first mm-hmm. few moments it's like he's stretching as though he just awoke and he's got this like playful nature yeah. about him that uh exactly yeah it's almost like he's he's devolved in in age in some ways too or certainly maturity <laughs> though that's never said right. explicitly but yeah he does have all this like vim and vigor and i guess years later um the there's i can't remember who this story comes from but that uh <laughs> Mamoulian would be watching the movie in like the seventies and just roar with laughter in the early scenes with Hyde. Like they were supposed to be funny, oh, wow. I guess. And <laughs> he, he is funny. He's really, he's goofy. Yeah. He's, um, he's born again. So he's kind of like yeah. a child. I mean, that mm-hmm. makes sense, you know, or born anew, I yeah. should say. Um, he reminds me of, I got to say, he reminds me of some of the bullies from the football team mm. I knew in high school. <laughs> I mean, he just has this like good natured, I don't want to be insulted, but like kind of frat boy kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of thing going yeah. on, you know. Uh, but he is—he's like when you said he's stretching, he's he's testing out his new body, like yeah. he's yeah, he's figuring stuff out. Um, the the uh, obviously the, the we've talked about the makeup, the performance though on March's part is is just amazing. It's, I mean, if you if you really d- didn't know. You could wonder if it's the same actor Absolutely. playing the two yep. parts, which is which obviously that's the goal. I yeah, mean, yeah, but, but it's but, tough to pull off. But that's I, easy, that's easily I don't said. Know if I but, would, could say exactly that. Well, uh, Barry Moore's gets pretty uh, harrowing and, and distinct, but but 
it's it's yeah. like if you compare it to like the Henry Hall thing and and uh, and World of London, which right. that would be fine. Yeah. I mean, and effective as for me, that one's less like so as a werewolf werewolf because they didn't quite commit to that full yeah. makeup for a few more years, yeah. even though I guess they were going exactly. to. But but here it's like. There's so, and and then I would think about something like Lon Chaney Jr. and the Wolfman, and it's like, yeah, that seems very different. He's not exactly recognizable, but Hyde is articulate, like, and so he speaks and yes. moves and gestures, and he's got an entirely different personality. To, so, so that when you take that into account, like, there are times where I would literally forget, and and if I saw a side by side picture and never yep. having actually seen the movie before, I wouldn't necessarily think one was the other i'm looking at him as uh as jekyll take a drink now and the, the, yeah, they're just go. the world apart even when the makeup is more subtle towards the beginning it's really impressive yeah his his body posture is different i i think they might have i'm not i i, I don't have anything to base this on but i think they might have broadened out his body mm. a little bit they might have given a little padding in the shoulders or something like that or it just might be march physically you know, you know, hunching or doing something just a little different. I don't. There is know. a scene towards um, the end that uh, uh, where because they always do the transformations differently, and there's one where he's I think in full yes. cape and and hat, and it's from behind. They don't do anything with the with the makeup. You don't even ever see him from the front. Right. It's all yes. about like his posture and his back. He does like some incredible back acting. <laughs> yeah, and you just see it in the silhouette. Exactly. Really. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's so yeah. creative the way that they get it's, at it. Yeah, the, the 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 comparison I'd make is if you see that one scene in Superman the movie where uh, Clark Kent shows up at, at Lois's apartment after she's been flying oh, around yeah. with Superman, and he's considering, and he's thinking, she's in the other room, and he's thinking about telling her, and and Christopher Reeve takes off his his glasses and stands up straight, and you realize as Clark Kent he hunches in this way where he's he's three inches shorter than he is, and you see, it's very easy to forget like the subtle work Christopher Reeve did in that movie playing the two different characters and when you see before your eyes Clark Kent does turn into Superman yeah. you're like wow like that's really a lot of a lot of the work is invisible I guess is the best that's a great example I got goosebumps uh, just thinking about that moment that's a great pull and that 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 scene always, always gives me goosebumps that what a what a remarkable performance um but Hyde is it and it's just in his physicality again like I said like Hyde is twitchy mm-hmm. at, at this beginning yeah. part of his thing he's and he he loses that. He does become more. Oh, yeah. He evolves a little bit throughout the film. By the end, he's very physically self assured and, and 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 solid and stuff. But but at this point, yeah, he's he's very jittery. He's very. Uh, I mean, you could call it kind of mm-hmm. ape like. I mean, he has this kind of like uh, 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 kinetic you know, energy thing happening to him that, that Jekyll doesn't have. Now I'm trying to say Jekyll as much as I can just to make sure everyone has to we do it. We got everyone so drunk that um, they turn into a hide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to finish this episode later. Yeah. Um, uh, absolutely. Uh, he, he he doesn't really have time to do much. Poole shows up and he's banging on the door and he's like, Doctor, are you okay and everything? Um, and he uh, off screen manages obviously to take the, the potion back take the the reverse potion and shows up again and and his he's he's strained looking a little bit and you know he has to straighten his hair a bit but with the that those two differences he's he's just back and and so that's this first iteration of his henry's experiments is that he is he's had a breakthrough but he's in control mm-hmm. like he he knows what happened um 
but again, like, does he really, does he really have a clear idea of what was going on with, with Hyde? Does he, he, he remembers what happens when he's Hyde, but he's not, uh, as, as the saying goes, um, he's not behind the yeah. wheel, you know, you know, he's, he's a passenger in, in the, in the car at that point, And, and this other side of himself is, is driving, yeah. um, uh, uh, Henry and Muriel are the two most American people in London uh, uh, in this movie, though. They, they're, they're, there's not really a, an attempt at accent or anything. They're, they're, they have that mid-Atlantic much, thing going um, on, you know. The, I love you, darling. I just love you. just just enough of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they Just enough of dropping a little bit of an R there. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, so this is a big moment where Henry thinks, Oh, I've had a breakthrough. This is, this is it. I've, I'm going to change medicine. I'm, you know, and I'm ready to whatever. Muriel drops the ball on him that she's going away for a little while. So, so there, cause he, he's like, let's elope. Let's just go, you know, find a, find a priest somewhere and let's, let's just get married. Who cares about your father? Cause they're not going to need him. I think, I think his thinking is like, I'm going to be famous. This is it. Like we're, we're, we're set. Um, so who cares if her father, whatever approves, doesn't approve, whatever. Um, uh, but, but no, Miro's going to go away for it's, it's two weeks or a couple weeks or, or what, what have you. Um, and so his, <laughs> his frustration is, is going to come back. Um, and here's the point he's back in his lab and smoking his pipe and, and pool. Basically, this is the thing you say where you know, like, there are other distractions for a yeah. man of your type, you know, pool basically tells him to go get laid. Right. I didn't put that together. Pool's yeah. like, I'm, I am, I'm sick of hearing this from yeah. you. Just go out and, you know, basically go get a piece <laughs> yeah. and stop making yourself and yeah. me miserable. You know, that's, that's his, but, but I think that's kind of pool's, maybe it's like a, at this, in this sort of situation, the servant's job is to say like, is to give give the person implicit permission to go do something yeah. like no it's this is what gentlemen do it's it's fine I'm sure Poole goes out and does it all the time <laughs> oh, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's what that wolf says about Benson Poole's probably He's a wild like, uh, probably went out and got drunk <laughs> yeah wild man at the pub yeah exactly that's that's how oh, he he sometimes does you know um uh uh so um J- Jekyll you know, like, like he said, like, I, well, I can't do that be, because the idea is he'd be seen doing it. Right. I mean, he's going to run into somebody if he goes out and he's, you know, you know, fl- interacting with, with women of the <laughs> night. Uh, but there's this idea of it. And, and this goes to David, like we said about the, what the book does is like, he realizes like, you know what, you know how I could go do this though? Yeah. Is, is that I could, he could disguise himself and, and in, by disguising himself, we mean you know he could he could make himself hide and and go do this and no one would know it's him. So that's that's the idea. Um, so so this this is the how do I say it? this is the point where he abuses his, the science mm-hmm. right for yeah, his own ends. Yeah. He, he, he instead of doing it for the good of humanity, he he does it for his own selfish reasons, uh, for his own liberty. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so um, be, yeah, he, he so Hyde can go out and 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 go to, go to the dance hall and see see uh, see Ivy. Um, so he does that. He goes to the Variety Music Hall to find Ivy. He as as Hyde, um, which is that that's just, like like Hyde goes out to the club. Like like he's not just stalking the streets of London, the cobblestone streets of London, 
you know, at, at night and killing people. Like Hyde goes out and parties. Right. Hyde, yeah, Hyde is, youthful. <laughs> Hyde, Hyde is his like, you know, yeah. I mean, he gets dressed up in, in, <laughs> in as far as Hyde is concerned, you know, um, uh, and, and, and goes out and, and orders champagne and does all these things. Cause what I love, what I love about this is like Hyde has Jekyll's money. Right. Yeah. Like, like it's not just like Hyde has no uh Hyde 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 doesn't have a problem like being abusive or hurting people. Hyde Hyde can go out and blow some cash. Yeah, yeah. It's like giving your kid your wallet, right? right? right yeah. It's he's got maybe, maybe not the all best those idea. privileges of the of the gentleman, but he is kind of embodying this yes. uh yeah, less refined right person yeah i've watched him like go into the yeah. to the club and he's like he, he threatens to punch somebody on the way in he's all excited and he like touches this woman's bare back as he crosses the dance floor and he's just i look yeah for yeah he's ivy. just it's just no manners and oh because he goes to ivy's first he his, his first intention is to go to ivy's yeah. and then uh her landlord landlady or whatever is like she's at the she's at the dance hall and he's like oh okay well i'll just go there because his his he doesn't mean to go to the club first he he first of all just right goes to, he goes go right to the yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. That, that's it's his first goal. instinct yeah um <laughs> well uh, she did tell him to come I love back the moment where know? he walks out right <laughs> yeah exactly talks. i love the moment where he goes out and he goes in the rain and he takes his yeah. hat off and he he puts his face to the rain and he just enjoys the feeling of rain on his face which which a gentleman at that point probably wouldn't have he wouldn't have wanted to mess up yeah. his hair or, or you know collar and stuff it was all about That's being proper Hyde doesn't have any of that he has like you say he has this childlike appreciation of things that we as adults kind of lose. yeah and it's like this like baptism um, you know there's so much great symbolism throughout oh, you know wow, like, yeah. I, but also that joy he takes that great joy i expect him to start singing in the rain you know he's like leaning off lampposts and stuff oh, right Right. Da, 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 da. Yeah, everyone else has umbrellas. Hyde is just gleefully getting yeah. wet and doesn't care. So it's it's he doesn't have the inhibitions right. that that's a great word a, 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 an adult or a gentleman has, and that goes from everything from yeah just walking through the rain and not caring to you know killing a dude. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, or beating someone to death. Like he he. There's there's the little inhibitions and then there's the big inhibitions and he doesn't have any. Yeah, of those. the outing starts as this like gleeful abandon of like enjoying the rain and teasing the landlady, but you know eventually yeah. he gets to like breaking bottles on tables and threaten to put them in people's faces. Threaten <laughs> to yeah, put a bottle in the face of the yeah. waiter and stuff. He's really abusive towards. Uh, I'm one of those people that like I I was a, I was a server and a bartender, so when people are rude to 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 um. Uh, service, you know, the uh, uh, service staff people. That's just one of those things yeah. that really annoys me when it says I see it. A lot it. about people's um, character, <laughs> and so to me, like it does, it does. And and to me, this is this is the telling thing about Hyde is that his first thing is to abuse, be abusive to this <laughs> server yeah. guy. Well, and that's probably is um, a little bit of like the repression. Uh, we talk a lot about the the sexual component to it because it's played up in the film. But I have to imagine that that's part of yeah. it for for Jekyll as well. Is this sort of having to be the quote unquote good all the time and you know he can't he's always trying yes. to help everybody all the time he can't have like a bad day or a down moment or be you know he's always right. on on the game to like do the right thing etc yes. so like among the things he can suddenly do is just like be rude to waiters <laughs> so, yeah 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 when, when, you have, when you don't have that that very trips him and yeah. stuff um <laughs> it it and it it asks a neat question is like how how much are we good because we want to be good and how much are we good because we don't want pe- other people to see us not right. being good right yeah. 
it's it's like it's like what's our core morality and and then what's what's our worry about perception and how we're perceived. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Um, and hide hide. You don't get a lot of that in some of the you know maybe I well I'll say lesser, but I say it with love. Hor- uh, you know, horror films. This is a kind of a you know yes. grappling with the soul of man and these like big questions. It's yeah, it's like serious. Right. It's the best kind right. of like I'm not a real science fiction guy for some reason that can be a barrier to me as a as a mm-hmm. like a a form but the best of these kinds of stories is where like that uses the situation set up to like explore uh you know pretty straight for lack of a better term issues but in such a heightened way and this one is just it's like the most potent sort of good and evil story that i can think of like it's it's so rich and oh yeah uh and fun (laughs) at times (laughs) until it's not yeah Yeah. and and enjoyable yeah yeah but that's to to me and i I say this on the show sometimes like that that's what genre does is you can you can tackle a big issue like what is the nature of good and evil and it's an it's a it's a topic that is difficult to talk about directly in a film or a book or any kind of you know uh, uh media um Without it being hokey or awkward or or ham-handed or, or what have you, uh, even embarrassing. But through the metaphor of, you know, a guy who turns himself into another guy uh, in Victorian <laughs> London, you can hit those topics really hard uh, and, and, ha- and not, not have that cringe moment uh, uh, because you're – you you're seeing it through like i said metaphor and 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 you can make it work and i just think that's what you know that's the power of of this kind of genre storytelling yeah. um the other thing the film nails right here cuz so 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 Hyde finally sees ivy he invites him to his table pours her some champagne and she she sees him she she knows she's being invited to a man's table to have some champagne and she's like right. here we go and then she sees him yeah. and her <laughs> changes her just expression, a bit expression yeah um, it says it all and, oh man yeah um and and that's another thing this this film uh uh nails which which I think the the book I mean we'll we'll leave this I don't want to get whatever critical of Robert Louis Stevenson but um but I don't even know if it's an intentional thing in the, in the book but but it, it talks about the bias of aesthetics um beyond the way Hyde behaves he, Ivy just takes one look at him and is repulsed because he by the conventions of 1880s London is mm. ugly. He's, you know, he's got uh, heavy brows. He's got horrible yeah. teeth. I mean, his, his teeth would probably be considered bad by any standards of any <laughs> era. Cause they're, they're honestly like, they're, they're like the a gorilla's fangs. It's really yeah. neat. They're, they're huge and protruding and they, they change the way his, his lower face is structured. Yeah. Um, and they change uh, the way he talks. But, but he I, I like that. It, like, I, it seems to inform oh, yeah. some and of that sound, twitchiness. Yeah. And he kind of hisses. And of course, he spits here in this scene. But he, he doesn't. Like, they kind of spit at each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't He doesn't slur his words. He, March yeah. is still able to enunciate mm-hmm. really well with these giant. And I don't know how he, as someone who's had to wear some prosthetic teeth things in, in, in things, like, I don't know how he manages it with that. Without a, you know, yeah. like. It's like it's like the world's worst retainer, you <laughs> yeah. know. Like you're wearing, um, uh, it's really wild. But but Hyde really has this i this sort of conversation with Ivy. Is like if I was handsome, you would you'd be happy to be here. Yeah. Basically, um, like, I'm no beauty, but uh, I have money. But, but here I am. But but I exactly you you nailed it. Yeah, exactly. I have no beauty. And and he proceeds to yeah the, the the guy Ivy was flirting with beforehand comes up uh, to to 
tell her tell her like he, she was with him and Hyde immediately breaks the breaks the bottle and threatens to basically cut his yeah. face open and then goes right back to to socially drinking like he's like he's, I'm over he's it. fine, it's, fine. <laughs> um, it's oh my god he's yeah, terrifying he very scary there <laughs> yeah yeah he's terrifying because he's unpredictable yep. he doesn't his moods and temper and 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 even the nicer side of because Hyde has a nicer side to him too still he's not totally evil he's got he's he's still a mix it, the 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 darker side is more powerful in him than the the nicer side but just like in Jekyll like there was that darker side mm-hmm. of Jekyll yeah. too um but but you can't you just from moment to moment can't predict what Hyde will do and he he can he can be sweet or he could be instantly abusive. He could be violent. He could be dangerous. Um, and, and what you just said, David, like he, that is the scariest thing about Hyde. It's not the way he looks. It's, it's that it's the, it's the danger of him. And it just makes you think of like people who are in a relationship with somebody like that, that, that has that temper or can't be predicted or, or what have you. Um, the true terror of of not knowing what a person's capable of at any given moment is really a frightening yeah. thing. Yeah, and as it kind of as he sort of declares his in, interest and intention in Ivy, and it kind of fades out in the first half mm-hmm. of the film, he does that great hiss. But it's yeah. like from here forward is where it really starts to transition into that horror, and so much of it is just in this horribly abusive relationship that is really like. It's challenging to watch, you know, like to <laughs> Yes, yeah. it is it is a bit. Yeah, it's it's so so he hide uh uh Muriel's still away. Uh so Jekyll is is do a shot, um <laughs> abusing the medicine a lot and he's 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 being hide a lot when he comes to visit her. So he's uh Ivy is basically Hyde's girl at this point. And I think he's paying her so she can, you know, pay her rent and do her whatever. And she's got this nice landlady. Um, but she, but she's in an abusive relationship now, like you said. Like 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 now she's she lives in fear at any any moment that that Hyde's going to show up for the next time Hyde is going to show up. Um, you get the feeling. That, I mean, they are having a very sexual relationship where i mean that this is what's happening i mean hyde hyde has the virility of an animal basically and he's using her you know for for what he wants um but he's also got this this danger side to him and and muriel or ivy i should say is is terrified she's she's just living in in fear she can't you know she's not She's has no money, so she can't get out of her situation. Um, and she's worried that if she tries to, Hyde's going to come after her, or or if he finds out, he could he could do anything to her. So again, it it marks this whole thing where like it's very much this. Uh, it's it's like she's she's a she's a, a, a domestic abuse yeah. victim. Uh, 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 to put it in contemporary standards. Um, uh, um, th- I mean, it's no wonder. March won the Oscar for this, right? Because he's th- it, what an actor showcase this this is for him that he gets to do these two things and play these two totally separate characters and and embody so much of like 
what he could do in in both of them. It's really incredible. Yeah, just watch them come in. Like, must be you know, the other. first time he shows up after after we understand that this new dynamic has taken hold, and I see that stillness yes. that you talked about, where he, like that twitchiness is gone, and we understand some time has passed, and they've uh-huh. been having this dysfunctional <laughs> uh, relationship. Right. And uh, right, yeah, she she's got bruises all over her arms yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, and he's just he's like very still, but, but then when he reaches out and grabs her, it's like lightning quick, and you're like, oh. we as the audience yeah. are like, oh no. Yeah, he's yeah. like pointing out the bruises. Yeah. And he says that kind of stuff where like, this will pale in comparison to what I'll do if you don't. He's grabbing stuff, shoving it in yes. his mouth. He's just like, there's no gap between impulse and action with him. And it seems as though no. the opposite is happening so right. from what Jekyll, taking drink, was suggesting was that if you <laughs> separate these two, that they can both flourish. And well, but he says this thing like the one will sort of, the evil will sort of satisfy itself and go away, but it's that's not what's happening. It's like it's kind of just like the makeup; no, it's building I, out I, and it's kind of getting more uh, pronounced. And so his impulses are n- not great. <laughs> I, I I I exactly what you just said. I I think Jekyll. I'll give you guys a break. <laughs> thought I think he thought if he just let let the beast within out a little bit it would take care of that that urge and you could put the beast back away and and be back in whatever um and what we realize is that's not going to happen because uh in the newspaper there's Hyde is Hyde is sitting there on Ivy's bed reading in the newspaper <laughs> <laughs> um uh which is I don't know why Hyde reading the, the paper, but he find, he sees the 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 notice that Muriel and her father are are about to get back from Bath um, to London. So there's this idea like Hyde becomes aware because Hyde hates Jekyll. Right. Hyde hates this other side of him, and 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 he doesn't want to go away, and he knows there's this point where he's starting to fight for his own survival. He knows that. Once Muriel's back, Jekyll will have no more use for him, especially once they're married. Jekyll will have no more use for, for Hyde, and he's going to make him go away, and he, he'll kill him. He'll Hyde or Jekyll will basically end Hyde's existence because he won't take the potion anymore. And now this other side of Jekyll is is decided he's going to have to fight to 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 survive. Um, and so you again, it's this thing where all these best the best movies of this era, like they, they make you, I mean, you don't, you don't sympathize with Hyde cause he's awful, but you, you understand that, that there is fear in this care, in this character. Um, so you get his motivation, you get, you get there, there's a ticking clock, right. That he's like, I got to figure out something here. Cause Jekyll's going to put me back in the yeah, closet. Yeah. And we know, you know, as an audience, we sort of keep in our head as well that he is Jekyll. And so in some way you're kind of, rooting for him but it yeah this is i don't know it's like the frankenstein monster does bad things as we talk as you on the show you know dracula is just a bit of a dick but uh yeah (laughs) the wolfman is you know so tortured by what he knows the he's he's doing in his in his wolf state but i don't know the hide this it this part of the movie where it gets into this type of hide characterization it feels I don't know. It's 
it's it's so compelling to watch. You know, I I do it. I I kind of yes. love it. But I also maybe it's just now as a, you know guy and it's. 40s i have more <laughs> empathy for the implications right. of these things it's just it's it's like deeply yeah. upsetting and and more uh monstrous than some of these like literally inhuman creatures that are populating some of these other movies with more it, sympathy you know like you... it absolutely it absolutely is and it, go, it goes to a way darker place and it's it's in in the way the story is told, this this particular iteration of the story, it's less fantastic. It's it's very believable. Hyde, Hyde could easily just be a, a very ugly person, right. or or a, I should say, a person who by society standards is not it's, attractive. It's like um, he's getting more physically deformed as his sort of soul corrupts, and there's this kind of mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that those things, and you see his behavior worsen and worsen, and so you know sometimes when yeah, and it almost as though like. Uh, I've never heard this stated explicitly, but it's like, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's a potion that, that Jekyll, sorry, drinks, you know, I think it's a little bit of an allegory for like alcoholism or drug use and, and, you know, people get, go down really hard. They start to look haggard, you know, and they start to look sick and, uh, I don't know. That's all playing out here in a very like amplified way, but it's realistic I, I in think, that. I think absolutely, and, and thus all the more yeah. terrifying. And that laugh! Oh, I just saw him. His hide cackle is yeah. something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a it's an absolutely and the glee. That's part one. of it too. It's one of the, the great the, sadi- the sadism, but like he still takes that's... glee in it. It's just like, oh, <laughs> he he knows she's terrified and disgusted by him, and he loves yeah, it. Brings that out. In him, he yeah. he enjoys. He actually enjoys how repulsed she is by him and his ability to still make her do what he wants to, despite the fact that he knows that she's Rhea, as I said, mm-hmm. repulsed. Um, uh, so that scene finally done. That is, that is probably the hardest to watch scene of most classic horror films I've ever seen. It's really difficult, um, but it's, it's two remarkable performances and it's filmed. It's still filmed again with this agile camera that, that moves around um, in a way that keeps it dynamic and keeps it interesting. And, and you yeah, know, it's really wild. Um, uh, we're in act three here. Uh, Jekyll, who, who is starting to look pretty drawn himself yeah, he's now. The of it. Like, like it, it, it's taking a toll on, on him even. Uh, he's in his smoking jacket, uh, and he's, re- he's, uh, going to renounce the, uh, the, uh, the hide side of him. So, uh, now that uh, Miro's coming back, uh, like, you know, as I said before, like he's not going to have like that much use for him anymore. But he's also, and the film doesn't do this, say this explicitly, but I, I feel like maybe it's this idea that he, when he first started becoming Hyde, he didn't have as much memory of what he was doing. And maybe as time has gone on, he's starting to remember more of what happens when, when he's Hyde. I don't mm-hmm. know. He definitely knows that Hyde is in this uh, very toxic uh, relationship with with Muriel or with Ivy. I keep mixing them up. Um, and so he, he actually he puts a bunch of money in an envelope and he gives it to Pool and has Pool deliver it to her. So his idea is he's going to get Ivy out of there and keep her safe from Hyde. Um, and so there's this. I'll get in because it comes up a little bit. Like like J- Jekyll is in a relationship with Ivy. Mm-hmm. 
like he is i mean he's absolutely being unfaithful to muriel with ivy whether or not it's it's as hide or not um you know he's he's kind of being responsible he he knows he's responsible for what she's going through so he does the thing rich people do <laughs> he he's just going to give her yeah. some money and buy no but i i think the other because there's a little bit and maybe this is just my interpretation there's a little bit of darker subtext here where he's going to just get her out of London now that his girlfriend's his fiance is back. Mm. Like just in case, like yeah. he, he's sort of, he's sort of sending his, 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 uh, concubine, you know, out of there. Uh, t- j- probably just, uh, yeah, just out of some degree of like, let's, let's just put this, uh, episode behind yeah, us so yeah. i can move on i don't know when he is kind of torn um, between those two women and trying to make a choice like there's the that they use the yeah. great like split it's like a kind of a clock counterclockwise wipe i guess that they uh-huh. use there at, at mm-hmm. that one point no it's, where really it's like you it's a really cool thing that they do i think it started with the barrymore version because there's no women in the book at all i think of any kind yes yes and i wanted <laughs> other, to say mention uh, yeah, that. No, yeah yeah not a single one that i can think of other than like the little yeah. girl that he tramples yeah. or something and and so it's yeah yeah beats with a oh, cane and God, stuff which yeah, how whatever, horrific yeah. but <laughs> no he beats a guy with a cane he tramples the yeah. girl yeah, yeah yeah um the uh it's the uh, i i have a note it's the 1887 uh stage adaption ah. by uh, T.R. Sullivan that introduces the prostitute okay. character into yeah. the store, into the narrative, which now we, there's always, I mean, in, in Mary Riley or whatever iteration you have, there's, there's almost always that, that low end lady character. Um, I think of the Spencer 41 Spencer Tracy, but she's just a dance hall girl. And it's Ingrid Bergman, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 But they, they, yeah, the the forty one version it's 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 a well it's a well done film, but it's very sanitized. I, I think that's the nicest thing you can say. It's like it's it doesn't very, have the danger that this one has. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's it it they sided towards being a little bit more family friendly. Um, but it's so but, interesting with uh, the two women, like when they when they set that up because it and they use it to great uh, right impact in this one because there's the something of a duality there as well like they they amp- yeah. they sort of amplify the, the theme of the protagonist in these supporting characters uh very clear distinction you know they literally just drew a line between them on the screen and as i'm watching it play out right. and uh, he's asked so, to so for a minute those those two exist in the in the same yeah, space yeah you know like for a minute they're they're um and and yeah okay it 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 is sort of he is sort of involved in this like three way relationship, because um, the women are in, in relation. Ivy and Miro are in a relationship they don't right. know about. Yeah. They they in share they share a a a, a suitor, yeah. a lover, whatever you want to call it. Um, um, and there's they're they're obviously different. She, they're from different worlds. They're from different strata in life. But they they they're both similar in a way. Like neither of them want to give up. Neither of them. Um, there's a strength in both the female characters, which is which is fun, neat to see. Like um, Muriel is so dedicated to, to Henry, and she will not give up on you know uh, uh, the you know you know the, their their plans to the point where where they finally get the her dad to agree, like they can get married right away. Right. And and Jekyll's really happy about this because now he's like, okay, I have no no more need for hide now. Yeah, it's interesting to to get to to get my rocks right. off. I will be able to be a husband very soon, and, he, and yeah. I will like like the amount of sexual undertones in this film. Like even when I was making notes, I really 
didn't appreciate it until you and I are talking about it right now. I'm like, geez, the, it's really just all about his, <laughs> yeah. his frustration. It's really. But I'm also realizing too now that you know we've talked about it to such an extent, and, and we're talking about the characterization and all that. Where I was just looking at that moment where that agreement is made, and he's you can see the relief on his face. But it, it to me, it's coming. Yes. So as as Hyde is getting more and more sort of evil, I guess you know, and and uh, amping that up. There the the sort of not the goodness in Jekyll, but the conflict and the desire to to be his higher self is coming through more and more. Uh-huh. And I, I think I, as an audience member, like really feel for him and like wanting him to get away from Hyde also. And so he seems like I was reading a lot more sort of relief on his face that, oh, good, I don't have to be Hyde anymore. More so than, like, before he seemed impatient to get laid. Yes. Now he's just like, oh, thank God, yes. you know, like, yeah, he's, like, playing the organ now and just, like, I'm free, you know? Whereas before, we kind of want Hyde be- to be free he- until Hyde starts to, you know, yes. go so dark. Right, right, until we see what he does with that freedom. Um, uh, cause, because at the, Jekyll's kind of in an abusive relationship too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, in a way, like with his other self, like, like, um, and, and he is basically an addict at this point. He, he got very quickly addicted to becoming Hyde. He got addicted to the freedom he got to enjoy mm-hmm. by being Hyde. And now he, you know, now that's over. He's got to, as they say, he's got to quit yeah. a cold and turkey. And he thinks he can quit um, anytime he wants. <laughs> of course, of course. And then it just keeps coming back. Um, uh, so uh, things are slightly complicated when Ivy shows up at, at Jekyll's house to thank him for the money. Um, she, she, I, 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 I can't, I'm, I'm missing how she figured out who gave her the money when, when, cause he had pulled deliver the money. Um, yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah, I think that, I think he signs, uh, she the, show, she I think he signs the note or, or I don't remember the landlady is like telling her, it's like, you oh, know, what's that, does. that doctor and you know, you took an interest in you, oh, you should go, that's what it is, go maybe. thank him. That's right. <laughs> Even that is a little that's creepy. Right. She's sort um, of like, go thank him proper. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> go thank him proper. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, she shows up and, and basically like, you know, p- pulls off her, her p- part of her shirt and shows him the bruises that, that hide. <laughs> Uh, did to her and so she's she's she doesn't know it but she's showing henry the things yeah. he did to her um and and there's the implication of all the other things he did to her without you know with that we're not talking about um uh and and this should sort of cement henry uh henry's like determination like that 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 he won't go back and be hide again and and everything like that but but what she's doing in begging him and kind of being very physically close to him and being very desperate is you can see like it's stirring the agitation inside him is the problem. Yeah. Um, it's, it's having the opposite effect. Uh, he's getting, he's getting kind of excited by her desperation and she's holding onto his lap and, and all this stuff like that. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's just not what he, he needed <laughs> at this yeah. moment. Um, and, and it, but it just shows that he's not as, he's not as in control as, 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 as he, he thought he was going to be. Um, uh, so you kind of think he's going to turn basically and he, and he doesn't, um, there's this party now that they're going to announce that, that they're, they're, uh, what their wedding date's going to be, uh, at, at Muriel's dad's house. Um, 
and he's got to go to this. Uh, and there's just a moment where he, you know, he, he gets dressed up, he gets his top hat and his cape on and everything. He walks to a park and he sits there and he, he, he looks at a, a, a bird and everything. And he's kind of, uh, this is right after the, the, the Ivy thing. And he's kind of mentally still there with what happened there. And then this is when the, the change happens. So it happens like in a park, which I guess it makes sense because this, this way he can just run off and be hide as opposed to if he changed when Muriel or when Ivy was there. I keep mixing those two up. Um, uh, so this is our third transformation we see, right? On, oh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I lost count. But, but uh, it's starting to yeah, be yeah. more, like, visibly more intense, the makeup. Yes, yes. And and then um, uh, Hyde actually kind of talks to the camera, which is just incredible. But but what, but what the important thing is that, that this time he changes without the potion. Yeah. He doesn't have to... He doesn't mean for this to happen, and he doesn't want this to happen because this is the last thing he needs at the moment. Um, but it does, and so you know the the the, the one of the main results this is going to have is that he misses he misses his own yeah, engagement party, <laughs> uh, wedding <laughs> announcement party, yeah, which which is the final straw for Muriel's dad. Like that's it. Like he's it, he's it's it's off. He this is. In this culture, especially, this is so deeply insulting to Muriel, um, and and even she like doesn't quite understand why he would be this disrespectful. Like it, she still loves him, but it's it's really just uh, a slap in the face. Yeah, and it's kind of good they set up you know him not showing up to that dinner party earlier because of like doing good in the in the free ward, so that you know there's oh, less because right. y- you don't you know that's like a pattern with him. And so it it, it seems less, like there's less room for so alarm, it, I guess. You know, she's like, oh, I'm sure he was doing yeah, something. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not it's not like they think he got hit by a carriage or yeah, something, right? Yeah. It's like, this is just what he does. This yeah. is, And it's like, I should yeah. know better. Um, here we have, it's one of the most frightening scenes, I swear, one of the most frightening shots in the film is, so, so Ivy's gone back now and she's bought herself some champagne. Yeah. Uh, she thinks, she, she thinks, she has all these ideas of what's going to happen with her. Uh, yeah, Jekyll has promised you know, you'll, you'll never she's... see Hyatt again, and she believes him. So she's celebrating. Yes, yes exactly. Yes, exactly. And and she's looking in the mirror, and there's again, it's a mirror shot. There's all these mirror shots yeah. in the film. It's really a great uh, uh, device they use. And she's toasting herself, and here's the never seeing his ugly face again and everything. And in the mirror, right behind her, the door opens, and there he is. There's Hyde standing in her, and it's just, you see her face. You see... All the hopes and everything just goes away, and and she realizes that she's not free as like she thought, and it's just, um, it's 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 crushing. It's so you feel so bad for her. Yeah, and he he um, approaches her with such sort of intent and malevolence and intimidation that there's no yes. question that it's just like she said she was terrified, and then like you you know worry for abused people. <laughs> Like she's like he'll he'll come back right. and he'll kill me and he, and 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 Jekyll who it's, we know as the audience like is Hyde uh, we believe him too I mean if you'd never seen or read the story before like he has the power to to make yeah. this promise and uh, but he right. also unfortunately has right. the capacity he, he, to break it yeah 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 well and and like like the the metaphor again with the hands on the wheel like like. Up until now, like when when Jekyll's Jekyll, he he is in control, and now you realize he's, you realize Hyde is now in kind of in control of both yeah. of them now. He can um, the power can thing, will so. himself into um, existence. 
Or he can be aroused yeah, by it. I think shot. that's the thing with the cat and the bird. Like he sees that, that yeah. dynamic play out, and just like he was aroused oh, yeah. in that scene by her. Um, I don't know. It's just like he, because you know, he wanted her in that previous scene. He's like, you know, say it, say how much you hate me. Like he'd love to right. see the effect he had on her yes. as, as like a someone toying with their prey, and and so I think that's we're meant to think right. that that's what draws it out of him, and it starts to happen more and more as the you know it races towards the climax. Is that if he sees, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of like, but but that happens again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we have a great. I don't. I I can only assume it that they they had a stunt guy on this film uh, to double march when he uh, he does some of this stuff because mural or gosh mural uh, Ivy tries to run out the door and hide catapults yeah. over uh, up off on the couch and over the thing and then back yeah. over it and he's in a cape yeah. and everything and then in the end we have a quite a bit of <laughs> acrobatic stuff Hyde does uh, he, uh, in in somehow in uh in uh you know forcefully de-evolving himself back into this like ape-like creature oh, yeah. uh he's also gained like a monkey's agility too it's 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 interesting and, and yeah we see it at the end and everything so reminds um, me of wolf you know the, the 1994 mike nichols film where jack nicholson plays oh, like it's like yeah, a modern yeah, yeah. Wolf jack nicholson it's, it, it's odd in that movie but like the the wolf men as it were him and james spader they like leap around like that uh, just like Hina, like Hyde yeah, does yeah. here, and it is, I guess that yeah, it's meant to be right, kind of animalistic. Right. It is also acrobatic. He's just yeah, like this bounding down flights of stairs, and swinging off ledges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's able to like, yeah, yeah. He jumps over things and stuff, and and it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely. You know what? I'm actually just watching it right now. It's definitely <laughs> oh, yeah. a stunt man. Um, uh, but they they keep it. You know, the the shots are pretty wide and everything. Because that's really like, yeah, he catapults down whole flights of stairs and. Uh, yeah, it's really beautiful. Uh, so he, uh, he does, he, and he, he, he chases Ivy into her bedroom and he, he strangles her. He finally does her in and he, and he kills her. Um, and it's a really chilling thing where he, he kind of, they go behind the bed and, and they, they leave the shot going for a little bit and then he rises back up and, and, you know, alone and obviously she's, yeah. she's and they're gone. always doing so, stuff um, with uh, statues uh, in the film. We haven't talked about it, but it yes, happens yes. all the time, whether it's like happy, sad or sexual. It's like, you know, it's, it's always yeah. commenting on the action, the, whatever uh, statues are in the frame. Yeah, in, 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 in the first scene he has with Ivy in the, bar when when Hyde first shows up there's a, a statue of a nude woman in in, in yeah. the background uh with her rear facing mm-hmm. the camera basically uh it's like a venus de milo style looking kind of thing and then yeah in this one there's this angel type uh rapture tiny sculpture that that ivy has in her thing and and that's what we focus on once they go behind the bed and as he's uh throttling uh her to death so um now what what's what's happened before this is Jekyll uh, has has taken the key to his laboratory and uh does he give it to pool he throws it away burns yeah. it and he says he he's like i'm he, from he, now on i'm only going to come in through the front door and that, that's kind of that's it's it relevant is, yeah. in a lot of ways because it's like he's no longer going to be sneaking around as hide like and separating the two <laughs> back door type thing he's going to be right out front with it so he does come in the front door. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's a metaphor for high proclivities as well or not. <laughs> we'll just we'll leave that. Um, 
Uh, yeah. So, but but the effect this has is now when when Hyde uh, is uh, escaping because now because people have heard the fight, uh, people see Hyde leaving, and he knows that obviously they're going to find Ivy dead. So now he's he's a murder suspect. Um, and, and so he runs, he runs away and he tries to get back to his laboratory and finds that he doesn't have the key. So he, cause, so he doesn't remember that, that Jekyll did that. It's mm. interesting. Um, uh, so, so he can't get back in his lab and he's got to go around the front. Uh, pool opens the door and, and he tries to barge his way in and pool's like, I'm <laughs> not letting you in. Who, who the heck are you? Um, in, in other versions, uh, pool knows Hyde uh, uh, Jekyll tells him, "Oh my, I'll, I have this assistant yeah. named Mister Hyde. And he might show up sometimes and stuff." So, Pool in other versions, Pool knows about him. In this version, yeah, he 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 doesn't know who he is. Um, so so basically, uh, Henry can't get back into his his own house. Uh, and the effect of that is he can't get back in to take the potion to to put him back into into Jekyll status. Right? He's 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 mm-hmm. stuck as Hyde for the time being. Um at the at the party um you know we're dealing with the fallout of 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 henry standing her up and her dad saying like it's all off this is yeah we're we're done so the only thing hyde can think of to do is write a note to lanyon and say i need you to go get these chemicals from my lab and he's writing it as henry jekyll um uh Take the files listed below, bring them to your home, and I'm going to meet you there. Uh, which is, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lanyon does know. We did have a little scene before where, where uh, Lan- Lanyon shows up and talks to Poole. And Poole's like, oh, you know, Mr. Henry's in, the, in, his, in his study and, or in his laboratory and won't come out. And there's this whole thing. Um, I know Lanyon's his buddy, but Lanyon is... It, maybe it's just because Henry's our hero. Like, Lanyon is kind of stodgy. I don't know. Yeah, like, well, he's standing between him like and what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason Henry's the hero of the story and, and Lanyon's not. So, um, so uh, Lanyon does so. He goes and he, he gets he gets the stuff. Um, and then Hyde shows up at Lanyon's house and says, you know, give me the chemicals. And Lanyon's like, well, no, I'm not just giving you these things. I don't know who you are, you know. Um, I have a note from from my friend, but I want to make sure my friend's okay. Right. Um, and he's like, I'm not doing it. And, and J- J- I just grabs him. But Lanyon's ready. Lanyon's armed, man. Lanyon's got a little <laughs> revolver. And he's going to, and he holds it on Hyde. And he's like, you're going to tell me exactly, you know, what's going on here. Or I'm calling the police. Um and and so Hyde is stuck in this situation where he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to show you my trick, basically. So what we have is it's the opposite of the uh, of the book where I believe um, the narrator sees Jekyll turn into Hyde. There, there actually is a, a very similar scene uh, in, in the book because it has this great like dialogue where he he's sort of given him this warning, uh, landing the warning where mm-hmm. he's like, do you want to, the, the way they say it in the movies, like you want to remain as you are, or do you, 
you know, want to see this and have your eyes and soul blasted by a sight that would stagger the devil himself. <laughs> and he said that wow. some of that language is actually in the, in the book. And it, in, it, in I the love book, the pride amazing. he says it with, you know, I, like I, it's yeah, kind of cool. It's like you see Jekyll in there, the, the Jekyll mm-hmm. that would yeah. inform this hide, you know, it's this same part of him. Right, 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 right. Boy, man, a, a more responsible podcaster, like if, if I had been, would have probably read the well, real quick there is a great episode, if anyone okay. is interested uh christopher lee did an audiobook version that i found on youtube that i just oh, listened to, to familiar that's because awesome. i didn't actually read it longhand or like you know on paper okay uh, i listened to okay. him read, I, which i recommend i have a new thing to listen to now because I'll, I'll i'll listen to christopher lee read anything to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's that, that makes that makes long drives on the 405 much easier there you um, go yeah uh there is a lot of uh invocation of uh the devil in, in, in this. And it, you know, it makes sense. It's, it, you know, we're in a very religious oriented type, you know, culture at the moment and stuff. Uh, um, and, and there's this idea of like, you know, what's holy and what's unholy and, 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 and this idea that, that, uh, Jekyll has traipsed, you know, over the line and he's, it's, it's not quite the, the Frankenstein thing where of the, the, that he's, you know, create a monster without reckoning upon God kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it, it alludes to that a little bit. It, it's neat. Um, I love uh, your observation. I hadn't considered this before that like where Henry Frankenstein is like doing this thing you should never do, you know, playing God and all this. But to, in this conversation, what I'm taking away is that Jekyll's real sin was in when he started to veer away from science and to use it for his own ends. I, I had never right. considered that before. And so he really brings about his own downfall yeah through his behavior yeah. more even than his like overreaching. Right. He uses it for his own gains. He's not, he's not altruistic anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he takes the, the potion in front of Lanyard and transforms back. And this time it's a, it's, it's, it's actually a sort of rudimentary lapse dissolve, uh, a process similar to what we would be really more made famous by in, in a few years in, in the Wolfman mm-hmm. in about 10 years from now um, where they're running the camera and he's, he's in a makeup, he's in a chair and I'm sure his head is braced somehow the and concrete pillow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and honestly it's probably run in reverse. So they, they probably started with March and then made him up. Mm, yeah. And then, and then played it, it backwards because they think that process is normally easier. And I know that's how they would do, um, the transformations back to Lawrence Talbot, they would actually start with Lon Chaney barefaced and then, and then do the makeup because it's, it's easier to put it on than take it off. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's maybe the least effective of the transformations in the film, you know, um, in that it's done a bit crudely and we see, we sort of see the dissolves, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's still, it's, it's quite, it's effective. Um, uh, and, and it what really uh, sells it, I think is, it keeps coming back to 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 um, his friend watching in absolute action, horror. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The that because not only like it, it, it's him seeing something that's outside his the realm of what he thought would be you know possible on Earth, of course. Um, but it's also seeing like what's happened to his friend. Right. Yeah. Quote air, air quotes friend. You know, right. Quote, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's his friend. Um, uh. Uh, so, so in doing that, and then Jekyll kind of tells him the story, um, and he tells him that, you know, he's no longer in control of the, 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 of, of Hyde and that he has to, he has to give up the thing he wants most in the world. He has to give up Muriel, like the, 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 his sort of 
uh, rationale, his like excuse for doing this in the first place, it be- becomes the thing he loses from having done it. You know, and that, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's why it, you know there, there's a morality tale to this story, and it's 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 that is his pride you know, is going to make, is going to force him to give up the one thing that he cares about more than anything else. So yeah. it's a textbook that's, tragedy. That's Henry's, that's the price. <laughs> yeah. That's the price he pays. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he, he prays, which is, you know, weird. It's like, he kind of like confesses his heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, that's what I was setting up with. I was talking about the thing and, and it, of all things, it's the one scene that just comes off odd to me because it's, we haven't seen, this kind of religiosity in, in Henry up until now. Um, and so I just wonder, I wonder, I, I have to say like, I wonder whose idea this was. Mm, yeah. It, 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 it seems stuck in the movie. It, it just doesn't seem, um, uh, it's a little I out of character. It, yeah. For him, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Science, Cause he's yeah. a man of science. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just wonder if like, it's wonderfully shot, but you know, um, I, I, and it, it's after he, he finds that he's, he's killed Ivy basically. Yeah. Um, I think he's desperate. I, I, he's like that desperate, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, but I, I guess it's so. interesting. Yeah. I had never thought of that. I wonder if invoking that helped them with sensors or something. I wonder if there was some sort of idea that like, you know, if we show that he is like a person of faith somehow that, that we can wrap this in a morality thing and, 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 and get away with some of the things we want to do. Or yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's like, you get a little of that in Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein where he's, you know, saying things mm-hmm. like, Oh, no more of this. I've had a terrible lesson and all this, but, uh, right. Right. Cause, cause <laughs> there's this hard. idea that, that if you could show, if you just had rampant bad things, people doing just bad things, um, the censors of the time would come down to you in, in, especially in like England, England was really bad. Right, yeah. Like a lot of these films, I I don't think ever played in England originally. (laughs) Um, England, the censors in England were very strict, and they, but they were very based on the morality of things. Mm -hmm. So if your main character showed that there was this whole thing, like like the bad guys had to pay at the end, uh, the good guys had to, you know, uh, acknowledge their mistakes. Yeah. uh, At the time, like there were these kind of rules that, well, you know. The British government loves their rules, right? As, we, as we've seen lately, there's there's things you just have to do and things you're not allowed to do uh, in 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 that on that island. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, so I I just wonder maybe was this someone's idea? Like you know, what, I wonder if we put this in. Whatever. I, like I said, it just seems it just seems uh, thrown in a little bit because we just haven't seen any evidence that Henry is a person of. Yeah. extreme faith or anything and now like he, but, now but it's really what you're saying he might him. be right he might just be you know there yeah he's so desperate like because then he like goes to to sort of yeah give up that thing he loves most uh muriel and yes. and and when he, and he does it in this like very dramatic like literally with a pronouncement to heaven you know like he looks yeah to the sky and he and mm-hmm. he like puts his arm out and he's like I give you up, you know, very like formal. Yes. And then he turns to Gene right. Wilder for a second. Like he's like, do it. <laughs> like something about the timbre and cadence of that. I'm just like in young no. Frankenstein for a second. No, no fate for me. No. And whatever it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Destiny. 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 Yes. 
that's the problem is it, it, whenever these things get a little too vitriolic, yeah. uh, there's always that chance it's gonna it's gonna tip over into into parody. Um, but it is effective. Uh, what, like, this last time I watched it during the, his repentance yeah. to Muriel, I actually teared up. Uh-huh. That is that I couldn't tell yeah. you another one of these movies that made me. Sometimes I cry when the blind men praise and Brian Frankenstein, but but I was moved by yeah. it. I mean, he's he's clearly like shaken to his core and trying to renounce all the bad that he's done. And yes. we'll yeah. see if it works. And that's but. why he is our hero. Like like he yeah you know yeah yeah he he makes mistakes. He, he obviously makes mistakes. Um. Uh. But but uh. And and he's he, you get the feeling he's emotionally wrecked by this, but he's also. Uh, uh, physically, it, it, like you're saying about addiction, like it ta- it's taking a physical toll on him too. It's all the, all the things Hyde does tax him as yeah. well. And also probably, let's be honest, like some of the chemicals he's putting in there to turn himself into Hyde are probably really bad for you. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he's def- there's probably, there's probably mercury in it, you know. <laughs> and he's definitely not getting every- high anymore. You know, he's definitely just trying, you no. know, like dope sick, you know, trying no, exactly. to just... Yeah, but he's probably putting like toxic things into him, and he probably he probably doesn't eat well when he's Hyde. You know, there's that. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> never see him. Eat. Well, we see Hyde shove that one thing into his mouth, but like, yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. He shoves like a crumpet or something right in his face. That's true. I love that 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 little that little moment. That must have um, been hard to do with again, those dentures. Like, I was gonna say like you got to really open your mouth because the dentures are filling up. Mostly. Um, uh. But Henry manages to do it. He breaks it off. He's like, "We're we're done." And and Muriel's fighting for it. She's like, "No, I don't. I don't care about any of this. I don't care about my dad. I don't care about anything. I just want to be with you." Da, da, da. Um, uh, and then uh, you know he can't handle it, and he leaves. And then he's looking <laughs> at her in the window. Um, uh, oh, and this is the moment where you talk about his uh, the the back acting. Yeah, um, yeah, and her tears, see, her he, suffering he swells up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we just see from the back, we see him like, it looks like his shoulders get broader. It's so, it is, you're yeah, right. It's it so taller. crazy. He inflates a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so now he's Hyde and now Hyde is around Muriel, which is, which is really got to be Jekyll's worst nightmare is, is that she'll be exposed to the brutality and, and. And ugliness that is that is high. That is his. That is him. Keeping in mind, this is still Henry. This is still Jekyll. Like it's so you know it's 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 so. I think I think what we're kind of getting at here, David, is is like there's there's a there's a complexity to the character in this film that that the Universal films never really go that far yeah. with. It, it, they're not they're not quite that psychological. Um, Good people tend to do good things. Bad people tend to do bad things. And the morally amb- ambiguous characters, like Wolfman or like or like the monster, um, tend to be portrayed as victims. Right. Right. Um, Jekyll is his own. He's victimized himself. He's done this to himself. So he is, there's no one to blame except him. Right. Um, but then the again, like just the complexity is like, like these things Hyder do is doing are things that Jekyll kind of wants to do himself. Yep. Yep. Secretly. Maybe he hasn't admitted himself, but there's a part of Jekyll that acknowledges like, like I, if, if, if there was no consequences, would you run and would you kill and murder and beat and rape and, and do these things? Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure he wanted to bash her, some... her dad's head in with a cane. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you know, now, in a way now that, yeah, now that is something. Yeah, I, I think he gets to like enjoy doing his hide. So he finally just gets to 
beat up her dad because he's really breaks the thing off on his head. He's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so yeah so Hyde uh, again like there there is a um uh her dad does show up Hyde attacks him Hyde there's a huge fisticuffs thing where some of the servants show up and and it's it's basically all these guys in tuxedos fighting <laughs> but, but 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 Hyde is is in his cape and stuff and then he. Uh, it's her dad, right? He beats her dad so. with his cane. Yeah, they don't show he it. He beats him until it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they until do. His but cane breaks actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Which is important in the story, and that it like is the thing that yeah. then sort of leads them to. Because I think it's mm-hmm. Lanyon s- sees the broken cane. He's like, I know who this is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, uh, the Bobbies are called the the, the police and stuff. Um, uh, and. Uh, and and Hyde, as as is his wont, escapes, uh, and we have a little bit of a chase scene through through some towns. Stuff I even mentioned, like the 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 sets in this film, especially these like England, like the you know the little we go from like the nicer neighborhood to the slums back and forth a bunch of times to where you know Ivy where he, when he goes to visit Ivy to the music hall to everything. The sets are incredible. Yeah. The sets are beautiful. They're like they really again, they really put some money into this. Like they really made this a a feature production. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, we, which is, it's so important. I mean, the setting of Jekyll and Hyde is so critical that it's, it's London, that it's, it's almost it, the, the nighttime scenes of, of Hyde, you know, in the streets and stuff. It's, we associate that so much with the story that, you know, that it's, it's, it's one of those things like if they didn't get it right, then that would itself be an issue. But yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, uh, so, so Hyde, let's see, he, oh yeah, he, so he runs back to, uh, his home this time. Um, and he gets back in. Uh, uh, does he have the key this time? You know, I was just oh, looking okay, at this, it, but oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> oh, this, oh, this time he does. He has the key cause he left as, as Jekyll. Oh yes. Yes. So, so he would have expected to have the, the key, uh, this time. Um, cause, cause Jekyll left expecting to come back as Jekyll, obviously. Um, uh, when he went to break up with, with, uh, Muriel, uh, Hyde runs to his lab. Um, He's he's desperate and he's gonna try and take his uh his his potion um and and go back to to being Jekyll and and again like this idea of like uh here here's Jekyll's sort of moral failing at the end is is that he turns back into Jekyll and, he, and he's like oh no hide he came this way he went out the other door yeah. uh, he tries to, to uh, escape yeah. <laughs> uh. So, so there's a moment where a minute ago he was just he was fully taking responsibility for everything, and now he, when really faced with like now that the police are after him, he's like, oh uh, yeah, no, that was that other guy. He went that way. Yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, and and this is the this is the point where they don't where where you're right. Uh, uh, Lanyon uh, calls his bluff, right? Yeah, and he actually they uh, use that stopped, subjective camera. So when Lanyon is identifying him for the police, he points right into the yes. lens and he goes, "There's your man." You know, and we're implicated it's, as it's, the audience. It's very jacques, yes. you know. Yeah. yeah, it's very like, um, uh, yeah. The the just the artistry of this, like these, when they go to these point of view things where they're they're looking, as we say, like right down the barrel, right right at the lens. They don't just do that randomly i mean it's it's uh, mamoulian like there, there's a there's a real rationale they save it for those these moments yeah um it's always where we henry need... or hide base it's not you don't get like other people's perspective right right there's a scene. few random ones where pool is like fully doing it staring at him playing piano which is a little weird but okay yeah, so maybe yeah. that 
Yeah. Maybe that one. Maybe that one wasn't. And you see the the cuts the when he's happy. Yeah, pool's happy, and you cut to that full face of the statue that's happy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's really funny. Um, So so we see even as uh, um, he accuses uh, uh, Henry, Henry transforms back into Hyde. So so he's he's absolutely lost control of this. You know which which one is he? Kind of thing. Like he's um, and it's it's starting to become. Dare I say, because I know this character is based on Jekyll and Hyde, but it becomes a little bit like the Hulk. Oh I yeah, mean, where, yeah. Where 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 a moment of extreme stress or or pain or fear or whatever like that or you know angst or whatever triggers this chemical reaction and turns, as we seen you know Bruce Banner into the Hulk or turns. Because back in the days, kids, the Hulk wasn't smart. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me let me just preface this from a, the forty-something-year-old perspective. the The Hulk was a comic book, but the Hulk was also a TV show starring Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno, where every week, some something would happen twice per episode, and and Bill Bixby would get upset, hurt, yeah, beat up. Always. He got beat up a lot. He got beat up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> David, they were calling David Banner in the show. David Banner got beat up a lot in that show, and then would turn into the Hulk. So anyway. Um, and I know Stanley did does cite uh, Jack on Hyde as as a as a inspiration for that character that when he created him in in the nineteen sixties. Um, uh, uh, so this time, and and you mentioned something, David, about about the makeup, like like the makeup in this final iteration of Hyde when he finally transforms back and stuff is more grotesque than it's ever been. It's it's. Uh, he really looks like a chimpanzee. Yeah, it, there's there's something wrong with the eyes or something, and I I I'm I'm assuming that was intentional. I'm assuming there was this idea that they were going to take him to the furthest extent in this in this version. Um, there's a lot of stunt work in this in this version, so I don't know. Maybe it's possible they're trying to match that. I well, I, I don't know. It, yeah, no. There's the progression of the makeup, just like in the Bride of Frankenstein, as the he sort of heals and his hair grows back and stuff. There is each yeah, time it yes, gets a yeah. little worse. And this last one, uh, for yeah. a wrap up bit of trivia, um, the Wally Westmore makeup for this was so intense that it actually almost scarred uh, Frederick March yes. for life. Like he went to the hospital and and, and they had trouble getting it off. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh huh. Without like taking his skin off, yeah, basically, which, yeah. is, which is, and and you know, regular listeners will know. I always go on like the 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 techniques and chemicals and, and materials they used back then were very hard on you. They're really so. Uh, again, I I always just want to raise a glass to. Uh, and if if you haven't heard me say Jekyll enough times, and you can still <laughs> physically raise a glass at this point, um, you know, to Frederick March, Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney. Junior, any of these guys, Lon Chaney Senior as well, any of these guys that 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 went through this process because it was not a kind process back then. It's it's no fun now, but it's <laughs> the materials are way better uh, now than they used to be. And when he won his Oscar, Frederick March was like very acknowledging of Wally Westmore as a, a huge contributor mm-hmm. to the performance itself. Is Wally Westmore related to Bud Westmore? Oh, ben? I don't know. Is he part of the Westmores? Uh, I, who who I have Bud no idea. Bud then takes over in Universal in in the forties. Uh, oh. After Pierce uh, uh, gets get, is gone, and then and then founds kind of the Westmore tribe, which you know there are still Westmores around doing. Oh you know, wow! That, that, that carry on some of that legacy and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I have to look into um, that, or or your I listeners mean, can uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, not unfortunately, more 
but Bud Westmore is now sort of known most famously for taking credit from Millicent Patrick for designing the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. So that's kind of currently that's kind of the the thing he's he's most known for. But he was obviously a very talented he. Bud Westmore brought in uh, uh, the foam latex kind of era. Uh. So. The latter, uh, the Glenn Strange iterations of the yeah, monster, no longer um, built and, up. and and um, yeah. and uh, and uh, uh, Wolfman at that that technology that, that was used all the way through Werewolf of London and or, I mean I mean uh, uh, American Werewolf in London and all those things like that. The Westmore's kind of pioneered that kind of technology, so I wouldn't be surprised if this was a father, an older uncle, a cousin, or something like that, because that is that was sort of their stock and trade. Yeah, I looked, I looked it up, and it says he's the brother of Ern Westmore, Bud Westmore, Frank Westmore, Monty Westmore, oh, all brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uncle. Yeah, of there's Michael. a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, I you know uh so so yeah I I'm in hell damned and stuff like that yeah um. He he turns back into yeah Hyde and and we have like a lot of acrobatic stuff. We have him like just jumping from like the staircase to the pipes and and swinging and doing everything he can to try literally to climbing the walls. He's, <laughs> he's, yeah, right. And he's grabbing you know he's grabbing beakers and things and throwing them at people and obviously assaulting <laughs> police officers and all this stuff. It's really chaos. Um, he it's almost like he's kind of doing parkour. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> when I look at it, I really. Um, and he's, he's climbing up on these things and he's, he is like, it is like a chimpanzee got loose. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really, um, expect him to shove like we're somebody saying, like, up it the like, chimney. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. It seemed like Hyde was evolving a little bit, but then we see like he has reverted a little bit to his thing. So now we have like the, he changes back into, into, um, Jekyll, and we it, this this must be the sixth transformation in the film. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, yeah, because like he goes um, to jump off like the bookcase with a knife in his hand at at yeah, them, and yeah. that and somebody shoot him. shoots him to stop that, and someone someone, yeah. someone, someone finally plugs him. Um, uh, having just done the episode on Jungle Woman, where unfortunately, you know, uh, which is about the Chila, the ape woman, and tur- who turns into a, a the, the ape who turns into a woman, and sadly, there's really no, there's very little ape woman stuff in that film yeah <laughs> we were kind of Livy and i were kind of d- discussing and dealing with that uh this has a preponderance of it this is like you're, there's no shortage of transformation no. stuff when, um, once he's because if there's one thing it, it's about it's about the transformation if you're going to do the film version of it that's you know you gotta you gotta get that right yeah and these that's set some of, pretty high bars then for the future ones there and there's so many transformations it, they're it, all different it, it it definitely did it definitely did so um the nice moment is is right at the end. Pool, who has never figured this out, he, <laughs> maybe suspected a little bit, but he really had no idea that his, it turned out his master was this was this uh, had this other side. Um, you know, it's kind of mourning for for uh, poor poor Doctor Henry. Um, yeah, and so uh, Henry uh, dies at the end. Um, Ivy's dead. Muriel's dad's dead. Muriel's the only one still. Muriel, Pool, and Lan- yeah, Lan- Landon. Oh no, Lanyon's going to go for Muriel after all. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. There could be this. Uh, it could be this this denouement here. Where, <laughs> well, you know, I promised to never turn into a murderous monkey. And uh, <laughs> if you'll if you'll if you'll take me as your husband, so um, so that's that's uh, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Uh, Dude, uh, this was this is fun talking about this man. There's, I mean, we were just saying like we we went on a while, but there's a lot to mine in this in yeah. this film. There's there's a lot happening. It's 
it's dense in a way that a lot of films from this era aren't. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. I'm so grateful to have been able to, you know, have this time to talk about it with you. And I'm a yeah. big fan yeah, of the, the podcast. So very honored oh, to thanks. contribute. Fantastic. Fantastic. I want to go back and listen to Greg Manx. Uh, 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 I try not to listen to, especially Greg's like uh, uh, commentaries on these things. Cause I, I want to just, I want to watch it and make my interpretation and come at it fresh and not be colored by that and stuff like that. But, but I, I would like any, anything Greg talks about, I'll, I'll listen. Cause he's, he's a, he's a source of amazing information and interpretation. So. It's a good one. Uh, I recommend uh, it. And there's a lot of fun tidbits about, you know, on the set sort of uh, dynamics as well as like historical mm-hmm. context and various versions. Right. It's everything you get to expect from him. From, 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 from Mr. Manx. So that's yeah. great. So, all right guys. Hey, uh, David, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I hope we can, you know, do a few more episodes coming up sometime soon because this is really fun. That'd be great. Thank you. Cool. Definitely. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much. This is Jim. Uh, You've been listening to the Borgo Pass Horror Podcast for the last two and a half hours. (laughs) Uh, um, uh, Our our episode on 1931 slash twos, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Thanks very much, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to this episode, but the fun does not stop here. You can follow and interact with the show's hosts and listeners online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Borgo Pass Horror Podcast is a presentation of Shadow Camera Film and Entertainment. This episode was edited by Livio Marino. The music was composed by Sean Gould. Opening and closing narration are by me, Kat Herons. Show titles and graphics created by Jim Towns. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Borgo Pass Horror Podcast. Podcast.